So, Curtis. Yeah, man. Can Art said, we've got to do an ad. I've never done one before. Uh-oh. What should we do? I have no idea, bro. I, I, like, I ever made an ad before. What, what, what are we doing an ad for? I don't know. We just say we're like a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we just put a bunch of clips like here. Arguably the most shredded guy. So yeah. you really want to get there, too. <laughs> uh, I, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. We'll see. Heard that here. Michael Richards <laughs> calling Jay White small compared to him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it. This picture you've painted for me, I, I want to hang it up. I want to frame it and hang it up in my in my bedroom. Yeah, we don't have a WWE tryout or a New Japan tryout every second week, and now I'm in Bullet Club. And here, Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega. Do you want to just go off about this match? How do you take or talk about one of? I think probably the best matches you've ever seen. That's an ad, right? Yeah, yeah, that works. That that that's that's brilliant because then all our work's already been done for us, and we don't have to do anything. Aha! Past us did it. Present us living in the now. Look at us. Look, Look at, at that. us being friggin' brilliant. Mate, minimum effort, maximum output. Okada Shorts podcast. Check it out on the Count Out Network at Okada Shorts. Rate and subscribe. Listen or die. You're listening to a Count Out podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only show that has a lot to get to. I'm your host, Ryan Knightsey, and with me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you doing today? I'm tired, but I am here. Of, of just sleep or of something else? <laughs> Everything. I am. This has been a long week. This has been a very long week in the world of pro wrestling. Um but I will do my best to give my thoughts, and uh, we will do our best to uh, get through it all. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's been a, a weird a weird week of a lot of highs and then the deepest lows I think I've ever experienced covering wrestling uh <laughs> in the history of this 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 sport it's uh you know there's news items that obviously like that are important there's like the netflix deal there's the rock we're not going to talk about that we're not going to talk about that at all folks um obviously we are going to try to we're going to talk about the royal rumble obviously we got some other uh all the all japan shows stardom's got a show next week there's some contract news you know in any other week scotty and i Hundred percent would have come on to this this stage, uh, and long time listeners would know for a fact what what topic we would start off with, and that is of course uh, CMLL and AEW. Uh, everyone knows that we would hundred percent start the show with that. And any other week, yeah. sadly, this is not any other week, folks. Um, and uh, I think everyone listening to the show knows uh, what we're going to talk about, and it's. And I'm glad in a weird way that we didn't do an immediate reaction show, Scotty, because 
if we did a media reaction show, which was what was what was that first day? Thursday? Thursday. Yeah. Thursday it came out. Uh like that was the Wall Street like, Journal and, and the suit itself coming out. Yeah. It came around eleven or so during the day. I know this because I was working and then uh by the end of Friday he was gone. Mm-hmm. Then we got the press conference last night, so we pretty much have every little thing we possibly can. Yeah, I don't know how much more of the story we'll get next week, but I, I'm in a way I'm glad we waited because I, I think we got everything, at least every at least the majority of everything. Everything for the immediate, um, the immediate aspect of it all. Yeah, there's gonna there should be a lot more in the coming months and whatnot mm-hmm. right but, yeah uh i think we got everything that we could possibly get to discuss it to the fullest extent and i think the sad truth of what we're sort of talking about here uh of oh i think we got everything the sad truth is there is a really good chance that this is it you know what i mean there's a yeah. strong chance that everything that's happened this week regarding vince mcmahon uh, and then and his resignation and WWE and re- his resignation and everything and, and the comments from Triple H last night. There's a very strong chance that that's it, and that there's no more stuff happening. But I think let's get to the topic at hand. Uh, we've been beating around the bush, um, and you know, I, and and I appreciate the listeners. Uh, I, I in some ways I feel bad for the listeners because I'm sure people who are listening to Ring Post Radio right now live. Uh, even uh, recorded on any of their podcast apps, um, have heard this topic d- discussed ad nauseum all week. But uh, guess what, folks? It's our turn. <laughs> so, so, so strap in, I guess. Uh, Vince McMahon, uh, Wall Street Journal, puts out an uh, uh, article 11 a.m.-ish uh, Thursday morning uh, regarding Vince McMahon and WWE and how there is a lawsuit against Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and uh, WWE regarding sex trafficking, sexual abuse, rape, um, and I guess uh, not conspiracy. That's not the word. I'm trying to remember what the word was. But basically the idea of like intent to cover up, you know, all this stuff, all the, you know, sexual abuse um, regarding everything, Uh, regarding a, a Miss Grant. Um, it is a really tough read of the Wall Street Journal uh, article, uh, and then of course there's a uh, 67-page lawsuit as well that is uh, extremely readable online. Um, I should say extremely easy to access, but really, I cannot stress enough, really difficult to read um, and get through. The Wall Street Journal article is like. <laughs> It's barely scratches the surface, and even that, it's it's a tough read. Um, since then, uh, TKO, Vince McMahon's lawyers, and various people put out various statements, but it all resulted in um, once Slim Jim, of all people, stepped down uh, from advertising, at least threatened to pause their advertising. Um, once that happened, Vince McMahon officially sent in his reg- resignation. Um, he's officially gone from WWE. Um, in all facets, um, I know if you're wondering, hey, is there a way for Vince to get back in like he did last time? No, actually, 
there isn't. Um, he, he doesn't have any position at all anymore in TKO. John Laurinaitis, another man named in the suit, um, uh, already fired from the company, so that doesn't really affect anything here for WWE and TKO, uh, whereas WWE uh, is still named uh, as part of the suit, so they still have those troubles ahead. Um, uh, but yes, Vince McMahon officially resigned uh, late Friday, um, officially gone from WWE and TKO in its entirety. Um, and then since then, we then got some comments from Paul Levesque, um, Vince McMahon, uh, the chief chief creative op- officer or whatever, and Vince McMahon's son-in-law, um, some comments regarding, which of course we'll get to. But um, Scotty, I, I sort of just walked through everything, and I got more stuff that we can walk through and whatnot. But um, just, I, I obviously you joked around saying that you're you're tired of the week. Uh, along with being sleepy, but what what is your sort of talk me through the roller coaster of emotions that you probably had um, this week uh, regarding all of the Vince McMahon allegations? Um, Vince McMahon is a vile piece of human garbage, and that wasn't an emotion that changed much from the moment I read that Wall Street Journal article. Um, it only got worse and worse and worse. And my opinion of him only got worse and worse and worse and worse as I read the lawsuit from, from front to back. It is without a doubt, maybe the toughest thing I have ever read in my life. Um, and the fact that this was able to happen in the biggest professional wrestling company in the world is disgusting. And the other fact is, is that there's so many people involved in this that makes that entire company look truly awful and will look truly horrible for the next, whoever knows how long, because there is a lot of people that are still working there in power that knew about this and just let it happen. I listened to multiple podcasts talking about this because I think it's good to kind of hear what everyone has to say about such a topic. And uh, no matter what, you know, no matter how people feel, the only thing that was always consistent is one, Vince is a, you know, should be behind bars essentially. And this is a gigantic, gigantic problem in pro wrestling. His, like, this, this will go down in history as one of the worst things to ever happen period um there's a lot of details to get into i know you've put together a timeline and i i still sit here days later kind of in shock um i i don't know if i know i'm not like a um you know official or anything like i just i just did what everyone else did well 
except for one person at least, and read the lawsuit. I was left, I was kind of left like, I don't know if this happened to anyone else, but I was left like broken in many ways. Because like I'm reading this and I'm a male reading this. I can't imagine what a woman felt like reading this. I can't even put it into words like how awful so much of that was. And the scarier part is this is a man that was in power in this position for 40 years. What else did he do during this time? This was just a few years ago. There is at least four other NDAs that we know about, by the way. At least. That's... We don't know what the, you know, why why these NDAs are signed, but based on a pattern, we can probably presume. It's it's just it's it's haunting, it's terrifying, and everyone involved needs to be fired. Um, John Laurinaitis, Vince, you could both rot, and uh, I will let you continue with uh, the rest of the facts and whatnot um no i'm I'm glad you brought up the like our perspective um and you know it's not lost on me that like as a you know white male (laughs) reading this sort of things it's you know that it's a it's a it's a perspective of it's a perspective that requires empathy because white men, as we know, experience way little. And obviously I'm adding the white part. I don't necessarily have to here in this particular instance, but I think it still applies generally that uh, it's a perspective that requires empathy because you, it, we experience so much less comparative to uh, uh, people of color or women Um and and I'm glad you brought that up because it is very important. I mean, I I like it, I I I have actively chosen not to talk about this with my wife um because of how tough it is. And there are other reasons why I'm not bringing up with her, but the idea of, sorry, the idea that this could happen to someone who, and I think it's getting lost in the shuffle, this person was a caregiver for their parents. Miss Grant was a caregiver for her parents. And her parents died. And I'm not entirely positive of how long they died until this stuff. She got a job in WWE where the timeline of that is. Mm -hmm. But her parents died. She was grieving. And apparently they lost their home for bankruptcy. And none of that entirely happened there in terms of timeline and everything, right? 
because obviously yeah, part of it as well is that she was living essentially in the same apartment complex as right. Vince McMahon, whereas he was in the penthouse, she was in another apartment building, and that's how she got the job. So I don't entirely happen with there in that timeline, but this is a grieving person that is taking advantage of. And, you know, you just sort of sit back and you think about like, this woman went through, I have to imagine one of the most heartbreaking things of her life with the passing of her parents, Miss Grant. And then went through what I can only describe as five, three, four years of torture. The that 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 I can only describe as worse than hell. <laughs> it's 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 and I, and I don't want to and I I. I I don't want to be the guy that's when we talked about this, Scotty, that we wanted to make sure that we weren't broaching this subject with too much brevity. I, 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 I also watched a couple of podcasts and, and a couple shows about this and coming on and doing a show and like, kind of like making the jokes and everything is something that, you know, I love to do. And I saw shows that did that and then kind of awkwardly went into this topic. And it was just frustrating for me to watch that happen. And nothing, I, you know, anyone sort of responds in their own way. But something that I talked to you about was that it was very important to me to showcase to everyone how awful this is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think... And I know people people obviously haven't read it for <laughs> the full suit. And we're no. not gonna and, and, and I don't and that's the thing as well. It's like I told you, it's like I don't want to talk about the exact details of everything that happened, but I don't want to lose the awful, awful uh story this is. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and it and it requires that. And and, and I'm It, uh, it's tough. It's tough. But I do have, like you said, I do have like a timeline of things that I gathered. Um, mm-hmm. uh, following, uh, this is a timeline of things I gathered basically via reading various articles and reading parts of the suit. Um, and this timeline I gathered, Scotty, is more so not of the events that took place, um, but rather uh, what happened from what was the reaction within WWE? I have a timeline of basically WWE's as a company's reaction to this and how they approached it. Yeah. I also went through uh, and wrote down every date and time period that I could find that is referenced uh, from Miss Grant uh, in her suit. Um, every point, every date and point of contact that someone had had with her, to put it lightly as contact, and then every instance of someone else seeing a photo or a video of Miss Grant. And I, I didn't show you the I didn't show you the list, Scotty, and, and I don't know if I want to send you the list. It is just a list of names and dates. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, in terms of contact 
I could at least find six plus individuals. Vince McMahon, a physical therapist, John Laurinaitis, various quote unquote recruited individuals, a unnamed person that was involved uh, in a fecal based issue to put it uh, as very lightly as I can. Uh, and then a, another three, some person that is presumably possibly John Laurinaitis. So at least six plus individuals I could find that had some sort of physical contact with Miss Grant. And then when it comes to seeing fit photos or videos, I have 10 plus people. I have Vince McMahon, a former WB ref, a friend of a former WB ref, various people of the tech team, executives, producers, Brock Lesnar, quote unquote, her fan club. Whatever that means, John Laurinaitis, and, and notably Brock Lesnar wasn't named, but every everyone could piece it together. Yes, everyone could piece it together. As, that was Brock Lesnar. There's also a WWE superstar. I uh, wasn't positive if that was the same as Brock Lesnar, but uh, uh, I, I presume it's him. Um, but even then, that's like roughly ten plus people. Um, and you know, there's there's allegations of, and, and I should say that these are also all, all allegations. Uh, these are not necessarily facts, right? I mean, these are all allegations. The 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 it becomes facts through the proper channels of a trial. I, and I treat everything like this as truth. And, no, and I I agree. I also treat this like truth. I, I I'm saying in terms of uh, <laughs> legal jargon, yeah. these yeah. are not necessarily facts. Uh, despite uh, you and I believing them to be true, for the most part, true. Um, uh, but, uh, in terms of legalities, these are allegations, but even then, you know, that's six plus people that have had physical contact with this woman. Um, that's uh, over the course of the uh, 2019, 2020 to 2022, right. um, over the course of two, three years. Um, and, and, and it's worse than that. I mean, some people, I, I have, you know, with Vince McMahon, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve instances of contact name between Miss Grant and Vince McMahon in the lawsuit. Um, John Laurinaitis, one, two, three, four, five, six instances of John Laurinaitis. So one of which, there, there's a couple things that are in here that also were confounding me. One, the, the schedule that was set up. Uh, between Vince McMahon, a physical therapist, and John Laurinaitis. Um, there is a interaction that happens d in December of 2020 where apparently John Laurinaitis says he doesn't know her, but earlier in the suit, there's an instances of a contact between John Laurinaitis and Miss Grant in mid-2020. So that was a little weird, but um, it's, you know, it's awful. And, and And then there's like the Brock stuff as well. Obviously, he's not named in the suit, He's he's named by the Wall Street Journal and heavily hinted at of who is going to be Brock, um, but and I and I and I don't want to give Brock a total pass, but in some ways I also I'm unsure how to approach Brock. Um, yeah. and I'll let you say something in a moment, but I'm unsure about how to approach Brock because as far as I can tell in the suit, Scotty, and you can confirm this or not for me, as far as I can tell the suit. There was no physical contact between Brock and Miss Grant. And I think that's why... There was planned. 
Yes, yes. There, so. But I think that's why he's not named to the suit is what I was going to say. Um, I, there, was, there was planned physical contact, but there was always excuses given as to why it didn't happen. And the one thing that's really going around um, – the uh the the one the one descriptor that's going around of an instance in terms of a video um the, the if i'm not mistaken that was not requested by brock but requested by brock through vince mcmahon so that's where i'm so. that's where i'm slightly like i'm this is where i'm at with brock is that like there are planned instances to happen with miss grant and brock but they never happen. And there is a video that is the, the worst thing. And he's seen pictures at the very least, but this is compared. This is with everybody else where Vince is like, Hey, you know, all this other stuff. Um, but there's a, that, there's that video request that, that seemingly came through Vince. And I'm unsure if it actually got to Brock <laughs> to be. Yeah. Honest. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The Brock, yeah. the Brock aspect of this is uh, obviously difficult. Cause one, he wasn't named, like you said, He's not named in the suit, but, and he's not named. But in the we, actual. but we are knowledgeable enough to connect dots, and you know, yeah. Wall, Wall Street Journal helped along the way, so <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Whole section. E- e- either way, Brock is at blame here for good reason. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I, I think the the more harrowing aspect of the whole Brock thing is, um, the idea that she was used as a bargaining chip. Yes to acquire Brock again, not once, but twice. And I think that's a fact that's, that's, there are a couple of facts that I feel like people aren't hanging on to that I can't let go. And it's the, one of them is she was used as a bargaining chip against for Brock to be signed to WWE twice, one in March of 2020 and another time in July of 2021, two times she's used to, yep. to uh, acquire Brock as a wrestler. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> and then, I don't know. Do you have any other thought? I mean, I don't. I, what a terrible. I don't know how to get out of this, but I mean, yeah, I have. I have all the stuff written down here about you know who's seen photos and videos, and and there are people that are like putting detectives, internet detectives that are putting yeah. two and twos together. I uh, mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know who the former WWE ref. All I know is that the WWE ref was let go a month after he saw the photos of right. Yeah, of Miss Grant. I don't have that math. Can't I can't uh, put that together. Um I I want to just say again, this isn't just a Vince McMahon problem. Yeah. This is a company problem. Yeah. Right. Uh Vince McMahon is the man who obviously, you know, he is the one that's gone and there is unfortunately a possibility that that is all that happens yep. in the WWE um, offices, right? And the and whoever else is involved. That's the, that's the other part about this that I'm still like murky on, despite reading this, is that I'm not sure like how many people know or were aware or were involved, yeah. and that's the scary. That's like one of the scary parts of this is like. This poor woman was just, she had no chance, you know, like she couldn't do anything, right? No. She is someone, and and when the person who runs the company is the 
one leading this. It's just so awful. And can I say there were people online that were being like, well, she signed an NDA. She should do that. You know, she could have gotten out at any point. Motherfucker. Like not number one, not the time to say any of this sort of stuff, but number two, so incredibly false and wrong. You know what I mean? Like when you're someone in that situation that, you know, you're getting these, you know, I don't even even know how to go. I don't know how to get into it because I'm not, I'm not, this is what perspective do I have? But of what I know, it's just like when you're in that deep, it is incredibly difficult to go out. And there's moments in the article and the suit that you can read that are moments of her not trying to get out, but trying to find ways to make it less bad for herself of like, sorry, I can't do this week. What about next week? Not trying to leave, but just trying to bargain her way out of this. Yeah. Um, And it's horrendous to read. Yeah. I, this is, this is a, a topic that it's just, it's obviously so hard to talk about. Um, But it is one that more and more details do need to come out about everyone else. Right. Because, there is a board that knew about this, right? That, that's one thing that we know for sure, that there is a board that rounds WWE that knew about this. There is the Stephanie McMahon resigning and leaving aspect yeah. of this. There is the Linda McMahon finding out, so that's why it ended aspect of this. There is Do you want me a to go lot. Through the timeline? The timeline? Yeah, go through yeah. the timeline. But yeah, so like I said, I put together, as far as I could tell, a timeline of events. These are events, a mixture of facts and part of, you know, facts that have happened that we know about uh, mixture in with a little bit of the allegations. But for the most part, these are these are facts about what WWE has done or uh, regarding this investigation with W with within WWE about Vince um, and what the suit claims things have happened. These are all through various Wall Street Journal articles, BBC articles, CNN articles, CBS, you know, yada, yada, yada. I've tried to correlate as much as possible. So according to the suit, January 2022 is when Linda McMahon finds out about the affair, forces Vince to fire Grant, have her sign an NDA, and pay her $3 million. February of 2022, Vince pays her $1 million and promises to pay the other $2 million over the course of five years. He never does. He says that he's going to give her $500,000 over the next five years or so. He never does. Also should note that that $1 million is the money that Vince originally wanted to give her. She argued it up to $3 million, and then he agreed to that. He ended up just giving her $1 million, the money that he only wanted to give her. I think that's a point that should be said, um, according to... uh, uh, facts of the suit. Um, March 30th of 2022, uh, a moment that's referenced, and I feel like this is a moment that people are kind of glossing over as well. March 30th of 2022, the WB board, including Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and others receive an email from someone, I'm going to presume Miss Grant or someone else close to her, maybe her lawyer. Um, I'm going to p- potentially presume lawyer as well about allegations towards Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis, possibly others, uh, and about a $3 million hush money payout. 
I feel like this this is this might just me be me connecting facts here, but you have one person who uh, is promised a three million dollar payout, does not get it. Her next payment uh, uh, in February, um, and that she was promised. She emails the board about it. The board. Yeah. Uh, that's my presumption here is that she emails the board about this. Uh, the board, of course, being Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, and Stephanie McMahon, along with others. Um, and also note, Vince Vince's attorney, after receiving this email, calls Grant's attorney about this. This is stated in the suit. This is what makes me think the email specifically is from Grant or someone else close to her, presumably her lawyer. Um, yeah, I'm representing her. Again, the people of the WWE board, March 30th in 2022, presumably, of that far, as far as I can piece together, received an email about the allegations towards Vince, John Laurinaitis, and about her $3 million payout. Uh, April 2022, the WWE board hires Simpson Thatcher and Bartlett LLC, a you know independent investigative uh company uh and quietly investigates and i should note quietly investigates these allegations unearthing more allegations from more women who previously worked in wwe and by what i mean by that is they at least unlock quote unquote four more ndas they at least find that we in that next w uh wall street journal article we find that there was at least four more ndas so they during this quiet investigation they find that there are more money spent on more women basically Mm -hmm. may 2022 stephanie mcmahon takes a quote leave of absence from wwe to quote focus on her family so a month roughly two months after getting an email on the board about her father's and co-workers allegations and this payout and then a month of an investigation that finds more money paid toward more women via WWE's funds and more allegations, Stephanie McMahon takes a leave of absence from WWE. Is it related? Is she just focusing on her family? Or is it because (laughs) she was hearing about what was happening? Right. Uh, Or was maybe she was doing something? Let's not forget, she takes a leave of absence. And Scotty, a little quiz, what was WWE's reaction to Seth McMahon leaving and taking a leave of absence. Then they like bury her. Exactly right. They yeah. buried her essentially uh, via the media. I forget, I, yeah, I forgot which um, outlet they did that through. But I don't remember either, but I do remember the article of saying how bad, of, basically how bad her job she was. Yeah. Uh, and I believe Nick Khan essentially takes up her role. And obviously at the time, we don't know this aspect Yes, again, um, this is May. The investigations are happening. We don't know about them. Right. We know nothing about all, any of the investigations. She just takes a leave of absence. She leaves the company. Everyone's like, whoa, that's weird. Yeah. Um, June 2022, a Wall Street, the first Wall Street Journal article goes live claiming Vince paid a woman $3 million as hush money. Um, two days later, Vince, quote unquote, steps down from the board. Uh, Steph returns, Stephanie McMahon returns and is named interim CEO. Uh, the investigation into Vince and John's allegations either becomes public or they open up a second investigation. 
Um, and I think that's also a key point here is they said that they are going to start an investigation. I am unsure if this was a second investigation into this or the already investigation that was happening since April. Um, that I'm unpositive about. July 2022, a second Wall Street Journal article goes live touting that Vince paid more than $12 million of WB funds to four other women to hide various allegations. Uh, Vince, quote unquote, retires roughly two weeks later. Remember how long it took for the stuff to come out and then two weeks go by and then Vince steps down? Mm -hmm. Uh, Stephanie and Nick Khan become co-CEOs. And then just randomly, Brock Lesnar walks out of the company. Yeah. Remember that? Remember that whole that all mm-hmm. ordeal? Um his, uh, his protector, his uh father figure left. Yes, his father he, figure. he has called him a father figure on a podcast. So that is so many people have called him called this. No, this is also figure. true. But uh I remember him saying it del- deliberately on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. Um so again, Fence retires. That's the quote unquote here. Um, cause he still has all the power in WWE, um, November, 2022, a couple months go by WB's investigation into Vince's concluded John Laurinaitis is fired uh, a little bit earlier and WWE pays various amounts of money for various issues for filing and whatnot. Vince ultimately promises, uh, we find out later in a quarter, I believe the year end report financial report that Vince is paying it back to WWE all the money that he, basically took from WWE for these hush, mon- hush monies. Um, according, now this is another weird point. According to Miss Grant in the lawsuit, uh, she was never um, talked talk to about, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, never talked to about this, or at the very least never provided evidence to uh, this investigation. There is a former uh, board member, uh, I forget his first name or his last name is Speed, that was a board member at the time when they received the email on March 30th of 2022. So he knows about this, was around for the investigations, everything, said that they did talk to her. So that's a little muck, mucky of uh, information, the one side one side versus the other. Um, not entirely positive what happened there, but uh, one side says they did talk to her. Another side says, you didn't talk to me. I didn't give any investi- uh, any uh, evidence um, for this investigation. Um, again, I don't know. That's another point of like, I don't know if it was a second investigation or the first investigation, you know, maybe they talked Mm -hmm. to her about the first investigation and not the second. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, um, January 6th, 2023, WWE publishes a SEC filing saying Vince, George Berrios and Michelle Wilson are back on the board. We all remember this. Basically, Vince, because he still had all the power uh, in the company, was able to put him, George Barrios, and Michelle Wilson, the former CEOs of WWE that started the network, back on the board. January 10th, uh, Vince is unanimously elected from the board to become the executive chairman once again. Stephanie McMahon steps down to, quote, focus on her family. That is as much of a timeline I could put together from the various articles and everything. Um, Scotty, what is sort of your reaction? I, I think this is the best facts timeline I could read, I can find to put together about yeah. WWE's cover up, quote unquote, uh, the allegations of WWE's cover up. This is all the facts that kind of we know about um, yeah. regarding this grant. What do you? What is sort of your reaction, and how do you feel like WWE's 
um, involvement in this is. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's a few things that now make sense. That's that's kind of my takeaway from this. The Stephanie McMahon aspect of this um, obviously makes sense, and um, she obviously probably knows or knew a lot by the time she was leaving for a second time. Uh, obviously, she probably knew once her mother found out and so on and so forth. Um, and then there's the aspect of Vince coming back that I think is um, not interesting but important. Um, he, along with maybe the rest of the WWE board knew that there's always the possibility that more comes out from all this. And if they don't sell their company, it could absolutely bury the company. Yeah. Remember that part of the argument that people made about Vince coming back to the company, Vince uh, made not people Vince was that he is a requirement to sell the company and that yeah. he has, he plans to sell the company. Why yeah. you, you, I wonder why he plans to sell the company. Because if WWE right now was not part of TKO, they would be in serious, serious trouble. They're still in serious trouble, but like the company as a whole would be in a lot more trouble in terms of where are they going to be in the next few months as opposed like we know WWE is still going to be kicking in months down the line and so on and so forth. Um, but there is a reality where uh, Vince McMahon seemingly is not um, no one in his family likes this man no one at work likes this man and and, and the uh, unanimous vote before right? you say that I just want to say that there was a report from I believe Wade Keller of PW Insider that mentioned that um, Vince apparently has not had any contact with his family, uh, and has not had any contact with his grandkids, um, uh, at all during the past couple of years, uh, that he has essentially, yeah. I, I believe, I believe Wade said something about how, like, he's basically spent Thanksgiving Christmas alone. So, Good. uh, there's that aspect. Good. Continue rot, about the unanimous rot, vote. Rot by yourself, pal. Um, yeah, the unanimous vote, um. Obviously, people voting him back in is a terrible thing. The problem is I'm pretty sure he was getting back in, even if they didn't give him a vote. This this guy, I don't... We like, said at the time that the unanimous vote didn't matter because Vince just... Basically, if Vince is on the board, if he says... He had the majority of the voting power... he says so, he's in. Yes. So, the unanimous vote is, is, is arbitrary. It's just Mel if Vince wants back in, he's in. I think it was Melissa that talked about this. It's like, it was going to happen either way so it was kind of like this united front of just like okay you know we take this one on the chin and so forth i i'm not i'm not saying i'm going to i'm not letting the board off the hook in any way shape or form here that's not what i'm saying uh because the reality is is that a lot of them knew this way before any of this so i'm not letting them off the board i'm just bringing up that you know so but ultimately this is a systematic problem in wwe and a lot of people need to either be removed or speak about it. And the first chance that someone had to do that was last night 
after the Royal Rumble. And that was none other than Triple H Paul Levesque, who couldn't have answered those questions worse if he tried. I have the answers in front of me if you want me to read them, too. Before you do, but you should, right after I finish this point. If you are running a company, or if you are in his position, right, um, no comment sometimes goes a long way. That's not a good answer. Yeah, but somehow, somehow it is better than what he said. No, I don't think anyone can really say that anyone was truly upset about Tony Khan saying no comment over and over again. Everyone understood why he was saying no comment over and over again. No one was happy that he kept saying no comment over and over again. They were bad answers, but nonetheless, it was like, whatever. And I don't want to... It was like, like, all right, sure. I do not want to compare owners and situations at all. Sure, sure, sure. Um, sure. But ultimately, it's like, when your talent, a la Cody Rhodes... Mm-hmm. Is answering this question better than you? <laughs> in every way, I ended up watching it uh, when it was all over. I because I just wanted to see the comparisons. Because I'm I'm watching Twitter blow up. I'm trying to watch all Japan for today's show, and I'm like, all right, I'm I'm missing something. I'm half asleep as is. I'll watch it. You asked um, me about it, and I just let sent a long thread of anger. <laughs> let's just say Ryan was very angry and reasonably so. Uh, but. The the it's the mark of I didn't even read the lawsuit that I I just keep reading that and reading that I'm like excuse me I read the lawsuit I don't belong to your company I am just a person that comes on a podcast every Sunday morning and talks about it does some bits with Ryan and we we say see ya like that is what I do yeah and I read it I don't believe for a second you didn't read that thing. Or, or I don't believe for a second that you, you know, don't have any involvement in any of this. That's not how you do this. That's not at all professional. I just laid out the timeline. It's completely false. He, right. His comment. So his answers, by the way, uh, and it was Nick Hausman that talked, uh, that asked Cody Rhodes the question about Vince. And then it was. uh, Give credit to the, obviously give credit to the media that did. Ask uh-huh. questions. I believe it was Seahawk as well. Seahawk from Thurston. The Ringer, Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics, and uh, John Alba from Fightful. Does John Alba work for Fightful? I didn't realize he still worked for Fightful. I, I, I know he was there for to represent Fightful. I know, um, I know Sean wasn't there. Sean wasn't um, there. Denise was there and and didn't ask. Uh, but I'm not so, gonna yeah, I think I think Alba uh, represented. Fightful. I was just I, when he said Fightful, I was like, "Does he work for Fightful?" I thought he stopped working for them. I thought he's doing his own thing. I have no idea. I don't know. I was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything about that." But I just thought it was weird. Um, basically, his answers were uh, when asked. Um, I believe John Alba basically asked, "Hey, what do you know when?" Um, J- Paul's reaction was, "He wants to focus on the positives." He said, "I'm going to tell you what you, what you think the answer is going to be." In the meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, "Oh yeah, no comment." Instead, he says. He wants to focus on the positives of WWE's last week. Um, he says he's going to do what everyone expects him to do in regards to a response. He said WWE had an amazing week, and he wants to focus on the positives. Uh, when asked by Seahawk from The Ringer about uh, what he can do to ensure the safety of your employees, he said everything possible. When asked if he read the lawsuit uh, from uh, Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics, he said he did not read the lawsuit filing. He added the found out in real time. And I do want to say here, Scotty, and I – 
and I hope you agree with me. And I hope the listeners out there agree with me as well. There are people online that are saying that Vince McMahon, sorry, not Vince McMahon, Paul Levesque gave a no answer response. I fully disagree with that. He did not give a no answer. He did not give a no comment. Tony Khan gave no comments. He gave no answers. Triple H gave answers. His answers were, I only want to focus on the positives. I'm not, talk- I'm not talking about it, but I only want to focus on the positives. Everything possible. Everything possible is an answer. It's a shitty one that doesn't explain at all what you're talking about. And then I did not read the lawsuit. I found it in real time, which we know, as we just laid out in the timeline, he was a board member when this came up, this, when this email came up to the board. He was a board member at the time. He did not find this out in real time. He knew the entire time. I, I don't, Scotty, I don't blame Triple H for not reading the lawsuit because he knew what the lawsuit was about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's been he's known since March of 2022 what this lawsuit is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he have to read it? I think he should. Did did, did he need to? Not really. I mean, if for, you're for part all, of the company that a lawsuit's against, I think you should probably read it. That that he's all but named in, by the way. Um, that we as internet detectives will put out there, he's all but named in. I don't necessarily blame for reading it. Uh, I understand that he. Obviously should read it, but he's known about this entire story, presumably, since March of 2022. Uh, yep. Finding out in real time is a straight-up lie. That is not a non-answer. That's the, the People saying that that one's a non-answer. It is not a non-answer. He said a outright lie to everyone. And it's frustrating that people are, are defending him still. Um, or or clouding it in the non-answer because it is he gave an answer, folks. Scotty, we're gonna say something. Um, I was, um, but I have lost my train of thought. My apologies. Um, my apologies. What what I will say is that I'm going to sit here and hope in my mind that TKO and everyone involved does take the time to look into this however this is a company that also of course employs or owns the ufc and i watched their head booker slap his wife on a video and they didn't do much now um, to be clear completely different levels different different (laughs) levels obviously but both horrible yeah horrible and my point is i don't know what they're going to i'm just sitting here hoping that they are going to do the a full-on investigation of this company and uh, you know the per the in i'm hoping that they're will they're going to get out everyone that was involved right you named six people with physical contact at least 10 people with that at least saw photos and videos of her saw videos of videos like just put in the work and get this done 
I think the the sad reality of that, Scotty, and I think that's where we is that Vince next. was the one. Like the, Vince is well, gone. Slim Jim came right back. That ended yeah. that. Yeah. I, well, it's not just that. I think the sad reality as well is that WWE TKO can make the argument that they already did the investigation. Yeah. And that there's no point to opening up another one because they already did one. Um. I, I think where do we go from here? I, I think you're right. It's like. Vince McMahon, I would like to, I would love for this to go to trial. I'm very nervous about it not going to trial. Um, I believe the suit said that Vince's lawyer, at least at the time, I don't know if he's still Vince's personal lawyer, was Jerry McDivitt, uh, a former lawyer he's for no WWE. He's no longer uh, Vince's lawyer, Mel- specifically. Meltzer, Meltzer said he's no longer around. He's no longer Vince's lawyer? He said. Jerry McDivitt is no longer in the equation. Okay. Okay. That's good, actually, I think. It is um, good because Jerry McDivitt has gotten this man out of every little thing in yeah. humanly possible. Jerry McDivitt's very good. So <laughs> I think that's a good I think that's a win for the, the home team here. Um I would love for this to go to trial and to get some sort of reaction, but I think there is also a stark reality that this goes to um uh settlement uh and Miss Grant makes however much money. Um, I, I, I mentioned to you, and I've seen people talk about it, that the only mistake that Vince McMahon made during this entire thing, and I do want to specify mistake because everything else he did that laid out in the lawsuit was on purpose and horrendous. This mm. is the only mistake he made. And actually, I take that back because the suit mentioned uh, that it may have been a mistake that he didn't give her the full $3 million and instead only gave her a million. But based on Vince and reading that thing about how Vince wanted to originally only give her a million, I don't actually think that was a mistake, Scotty, now that I think about it. I had a whole bit prepared. I don't think it was a mistake at all. I think he purposely wanted to give her a million because that's what he wanted to give her to begin with. So the only thing that he extremely fucked up on was a written document that said, I'm going to pay you $3 million, I guess. I don't know if there's a written document. I don't know how if NDA say that. Um, but he the 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 fuck up here is that he promised to give her three million and he didn't. There is a reality where, like all the other NDAs, we don't know about this story at all. Vince McMahon is still in charge. There's a reality that because of all this, WB is not sold to Endeavor, right? Yeah. There's a reality that if Miss Grant just got her three million dollars that she would have just like all the other women stayed quiet because she got her hush money and that's, and hush money did the job. I would and like to NDA. live. What's that? And she, and, signed and, an NDA. and she signed an NDA and the $3 million were honored. So she's going to, it wasn't broken. Right. Yes. And it wasn't broken because part of her argument is the NDA was broken because she didn't get all of her money. Um, so there is an idea that this just goes to settlement and she just gets money. And there's an idea that if she just got the money to begin with, we would not know anything. Vince would still be in power, in charge of creative, and WB might not even be sold to Endeavor. However, and I said this to you, Scotty, that if you believe in any sort of God or being out there or karma or fate, if you believe in any of these sort of things, then it is God playing a hand and making sure Vince didn't pay her so that we know about all this stuff. Obviously, Vince has a history of this sort of stuff 
We have the Ring Boy scandal. We have Rita Chatterton. I have we have we have X, Y, and Z of various scandals of Vince McMahon. But there's a reality that if Vince didn't, if Vince just paid this woman off completely, like he was like he promised he was going to, that we wouldn't have known about all of this stuff presently, and we have not would not have read this lawsuit. And despite how awful of a lawsuit this is, Scotty, it is very important that this lawsuit exists. It is very important that the details of what are listed and the text messages messages that are shown and the number of people that are involved in this are shown. Because if this woman just got her money, then we would not probably not know about any of it. And it's important that we do. And we wouldn't be having this conversation today if we didn't know about it. And it's so it's it's better, despite how awful this is, folks. It is better for all of us as fans to know the depravity, the depths of of awful cult culture that is in WWE. It is better for us to know this, as awful as it is. We hopefully, my hope is I don't know what the fallout is for Vince. I don't know what the fallout is for WWE. I don't know what the fallout is for Miss Grant, but I hope as fans we understand what bed we are lying in when we watch wwe what we are lying in when we when we praise triple h and send him gift baskets from a reddit reddit account what bed we're lying in with this company and where we're in because we all knew about the allegations about all these other people before but reading what presumably actually happened the depravity of all this is better for us to know um, and i'm glad i know about it and i'm and i'm glad vince fucked up yeah, I'm. Um, I I uh, I don't have a lot more words. Not because I have like I obviously like a lot of thoughts on the situation, but some of it is hard for me to put into words. But ultimately, I will close with this. I hope that I'm with you. I hope that the culture. And those who let this happen pay. Um, I hope the culture in WWE can be changed for the better because there's 40 years of awful culture under a Vince McMahon empire. And I hope that anyone who has been affected by this, as I said at the very start of the show, vile human piece of garbage can get their comeuppance of sorts. Um, you know, him just leaving isn't enough in any way, shape, or form. And I hope people know that. It's not just, oh, he can't he can't run WWE anymore. Um, per Ronda Rousey, he still does. Um like he he needs to be be behind bars and that's not enough for what this man deserves to happen to him uh but for now i will uh i will move on from the topic not because it's a, a there's a lot of people that have talked about it i, I and and i just uh i think we're going to be learning more over the next couple months at least in ways i hope so 
because there's a lot that needs to be handled here. I don't want this to just stop at Vince McMahon resigning and then nothing else happens. I really, really do not want that to happen. And unfortunately, I am afraid that that is what will happen. Yeah, so, me too. Um, I'm just going to hope that the right thing happens in a corporate structure because there's sadly i'm not saying for sure but there's always a possibility of just more things that this despicable man has done and you know this is this is not about pro wrestling this is this is about humans this is about people this is about life and uh i'm just hoping i am just hoping that things are uh not it's never going to be right because it already happened right all this already happened but uh there's some form of justice that needs to be accomplished here and i don't know for sure if it will but as someone who believes that this had this come like you said this came out for a reason right he he fucked up for a reason um i'm just gonna stay hopeful that uh something something right happens in terms of making him and the many others pay yeah i and i agree with you is that i'm unsure what's going to happen legally financially within wwe and tko sadly Uh, i expect very little and that's the problem (laughs) i know know. and and i think that is kind of where i was getting at is that i think that's the only justice that can really well there's a lot of justice that can be served but the only justice that we as fans we as we as critics as reviewers whatnot the only justice that we have a part in is how we question uh and ask and and talk about this stuff um and and ask the other people involved like paul levesque uh like nick Khan, like um you know, a, a name X, Y, and Z board member. Um, we have to continue that. And that's the justice that we can figure out. And that's, and that's why I'm praising also the reporters that asked the question and continue to ask questions. The people that didn't, uh, it's so frustrating that people didn't. Um, it, it's so very frustrating that there were people in that room that, uh, that asked him, you know, is this, is t- modern day WWE, better than the attitude era is that the most prevalent question that you could ask and i think all those people that didn't ask the question um or at the very least ask questions that are so um uh softball uh that even a baby could hit um and hit a home run uh, i think that you don't know what home runs i were hitting back in my day just saying <laughs> I lighten the mood here. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, it, I think it's just it is just it's an embarrassment. Uh, it's an embarrassment, and I, and I and that's where I talk about and why it's so important to ask for people to ask these questions and everything. And that's why I, I get so frustrated and angry about it. Is that it is important to ask these questions because I do think that it's the only way of way. It's the it is the only version of justice that we have control over. And I, the sad reality of the situation, as Scotty said. Is that it might not it might be the only justice that we get from this. Um yep. so ask questions, folks. Yep. I applaud the four who asked the questions um at that press conference. I'm I'm yeah. shocked that DDP didn't ask the question. 
he had a press I, apparently according to Brandon Thurston, he had a press pass. Yeah, I saw him in the I saw him sitting there and I was like, oh, okay. I saw him sitting here behind the guy that wanted to ask a nice question. <laughs> Steve Fall. Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. Well, let's talk about the Royal Rumble now. Can well let's can we separate the Royal Rumble a little bit? <laughs> We yeah, do, yeah. We sure. do a little bit talking about all Japan professional wrestling. Well, I was going to do some news bits. Uh, all right, we can do news bits. Paper. I don't know. You're the you're the one that runs this. I'm just tossing. I'm just looking at the uh, title for. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, some news bits, real quickly. Um, some contract news bits. We'll talk about first. Number one is Kazuchika Okada and Mercedes Monet. Obviously, Kazuchika Okada and Monet did not show up at the R- Royal Rumble last night. Monet. Um, obviously she did not show up in the Royal Rumble. Um, I feel like when watching the women's Royal Rumble, what happened? My mind, there was so interest, uh, and so much sweaty perspiration being formed about number 30 in the crowd. And then it was just Liv Morgan. I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm into Liv Morgan, but okay. Yep. Um, but it must have been me because, like, I never thought for a second Mercedes Monet was showing up. No, <laughs> so I was like, because I, I I didn't look at Twitter at all, like all all day yesterday. I was out, and then I went and watched this with people, and so I didn't like, I didn't uh, see anything, and I I learned that like there were still people really holding out hope for Mercedes to be on this show, and I was like, what? Why? That that wasn't that wasn't happening. But I guess I I guess I was the crazy one. Um, it was officially said Money. in the Wrestling Observer newsletter by Dave Meltzer regarding Kazuchika Okada Mercedes Omine. There's a quote here. The belief from uh, AEW is that both will be starting soon. Monet will be doing acting work, but there is talk of her de- debut will be played up extremely big. An announcement could be soon. Uh, she has been trained to return to the ring, which is fantastic news. Um, she, she rocks, by the way. I just want to, like, I don't get to talk about Mercedes enough on here. Mm-hmm. Um, she's awesome. I can't wait for her to like come back and wrestle. <laughs> I agree. Uh, for Okada, the last word was that he had not made up his mind. I know people here range from hopeful to I'd perceive as confident he'll be coming. If he was to sign, the likely arrival will be around the Greensboro show with his final New Japan date on 224. Uh, if it was in WWE, I could see him holding off until WrestleMania. But we do know that Tony Khan has been especially enthusiastic about 2024 between new signings and returns over the next few months. Um, so like the, an idiot. What's that? You want me to sound like an idiot? Sure. I think Revolution 2024 has the potential to be AEW's greatest show ever. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh, baby. I'm into it. I think, I think it has a chance to be the exact follow-up to All Out 2021. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, yeah, it, it, Dave feels very confident that Mercedes and I don't, I don't say but very confident because I think he understands. Dave has confidence. Stron Ross Sapp has been saying it for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, people told him he was retiring when she ro- showed up at the Rumble. There uh, was a there was a report from a monthly Puro Peresu or whatever uh, about how oh Kata's going to NXT and everyone shut that down immediately. Yeah. No comment from us. 
Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's exciting uh, to hear that AEW might be getting Kazuchika Okada and Mercedes Monet. Um, I mean, if there's anywhere I want Okada to go that mm-hmm. isn't New Japan Pro Wrestling or in Japan, I am picking AEW. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> no, no, that's that's obvious. I, I mean, don't have my, I don't have much of a choice here. It's two. And uh, there is a certain fascination that I would have loved Kazushiko Kata and TNA because it would have really changed the landscape, but in no way it was that reality. Like if you just think about that, though, like how many matches we get from Okada and TNA that really like have you jumping for joy? <laughs> you're telling me you're not excited about Kazushiko Kata versus Brian Myers? Not even remotely. <laughs> Uh, speaking about TNA, uh, Mustafa Ali showed up uh, in a vignette in the most recent episode of yeah. TNA Impact Television. Uh, presumably, that Mustafa Ali that does mean that Mustafa Ali uh, is in the company, is in TNA. Uh, he has dead uh, date set uh, for TNA to work in the future. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it, the belief is that Mustafa Ali is officially total nonstop Ali. Scotty, thoughts? Um, uh, I just want to point out because I keep paying attention to these things. Nick Nemeth has never got a graphic that Nick Nemeth signs with TNA, and I don't think Mustafa Ali will be either. Yeah, um, it's interesting that they started doing those graphics and then they haven't done it for the like, two biggest stars that they signed. Um, they didn't sign them. That's a good question. Ask ask questions. Ask questions, folks. Right, uh, that's what we're talking about here. But either way, good get for them, and I like that they uh, kept it secret. Mm-hmm. The only problem is they have like another month of TV in the bank or something. <laughs> so it's like, all right, well, he won't be here anytime soon. I hope we got, I hope we get several vignettes over the next several weeks. I would hope so. I don't want them to just forget about it. Um, other news uh, that maybe you forgot about that is now back in the forefront. CMLL officially announced that they are doing their part of the <laughs> partnership that was previously announced. Uh, between Samuel and, and AEW. Uh, I told you. I told you the night of when they started teasing things. I said it's going to be AEW because we had one Mystico match and I never got to see him again. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we are going to see him again and not just Mystico. Uh, CMLL announced that they are, and AEW, I guess, as well, announced that Mystico, Mascara Dorada, Hechicero, yeah, baby, uh, and Volador Jr. are all coming to AEW. In fact, uh, I believe... went in order of my interest level. I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they had a match that was uh, taped at Collision last night. They'll be airing at Rampage uh, next week, I believe. Wait, what? That- that was the rumor I saw going around. Is that they taped they a match, a rampage match? Yes, they, they taped rampage. I believe for next week already. Um, and I believe they're like it was like private party versus top flight as well. And I believe a CMLL match is happening. Okay. Well, somehow no one has that. That's crazy. Uh, I saw it somewhere on Twitter, so I don't know. Uh, it could be false. I don't know. Oh, I think Dave actually talked about it. Let me look up the user. I think Dave has the spoilers. Davey, uh, boy. This, this is the spoilers section of the show that we never get to. Um, yeah. Uh, CML wrestlers, private party versus top flight confirmed for Rampage. Um, uh, cool. Can't wait for Rampage, baby. This is Rampage, baby. All right. I get it. CMLL and AEW. Let's go, baby. Uh, oh, it might not be official match was taped. It might have just been that stuff was announced for Rampage. That might have been what it was. I'll uh, take it. Anyway, CMLL coming to AEW. 
Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> I'm ready, baby. Hetchisato. I see that name, and you know who I'm excited about? Not Mystico, the ace of CMLL. Not Mascara Dorada, the only person of two of two that's gotten five stars in CMLL. Not Volador Jr., a guy I'm never really excited about. I'm seeing Hechicero, baby, and I'm screaming for the rafters. Hechicero and Tardos in that ring, baby. Woo! You know what's funny about uh, Volador Jr.? He's a very good pro wrestler that does absolutely nothing for me <laughs> no i know it's not he, very it's not his fault <laughs> he is in that list of pro wrestlers that is like over but i can't get into yeah i mean he has great matches from time mm-hmm. to time with the right opponent um that hair versus hair match last year mm-hmm. was really good um yep. but i mean you put dorada on there and you think i'm gonna give a shit about anyone else you put the, you put mystico on there you think i'm gonna care about anyone else those are the guys Mascara Dorada is, and I'm going to say it on the show, I think he is better than Vikingo. Because Vikingo has the same singles match every time I watch him wrestle. I'm going to have to think about that. Have you seen one Vikingo match? You've seen them all. I think that's fair. I, I think I have to think about that a lot more. I think you may be valid. The problem is, is I definitely have seen way more Vikingo matches than Mascara Dorada. Yeah, so I like, have a I lot wonder, more fun watching like, Dorado. I wonder if it's like a volume thing of the fact that I've seen so much Vikingo over the past several years, and I'm like burned out on him. Yeah, I'm fully burned out. But well, you know. there's also this thing called charisma. And one of them has it, and the other doesn't. So, <laughs> boom, baby. Um, I love uh, Dorado. I think he's gonna be the best lucha door by the end of the year. I think I think he 100 will be. Uh, I think you're right. Um, bah, 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 bah. Uh, yeah, and that was all my news bits. So let's get to the Royal Rumble, baby. Whoa. <laughs> let's start off, uh, of course, with the money. This does that doesn't really apply here. Uh, well, I had an entire bit. It was to say was not there. Never mind. I apologize for interrupting the bit. Uh, we had starting off the women's Royal Rumble, of course. Uh, we, of course, saw our 30 entrants, including uh, Jordan Grace, the TNA Women's Champion. Uh, so, like what? Yeah. What did so, I miss? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, of course, that means uh, Moose versus Roman is imminently happening. Uh, oh, ultimately, Bailey was your winner of the Women's Royal Rumble, having seven eliminations and being in there for the longest amount of time of an hour and three minutes and three seconds. Uh, not the most eliminations that goes to Nia Jax. Uh, Scotty, what were your thoughts about the women's Royal Rumble? Um, one predicted the winner. Shout out to me. Uh, two. I actually really like the women's Rumble. Like, really? listen, listen. All these matches, like Royal Rumbles, are like whatever. Like wrestling wise, I don't like. Who cares? Um, but they, the beginning and end, were very exciting. And, I, and the end mostly is what I remember, right? So pretty much from when Jade Cargill comes in to the end is just like, that's what a Royal Rumble's all about to me. Jade coming into the big reaction with her entrance music, with seemingly her her, her music from AEW. I believe the, the intro was the same, but I think the music actually was different. I don't know the difference. It was close enough to me. It was the intro close. was the same, so and that's the only part I remembered, so that was good enough for me. Uh, like, she I, comes think the, in, I think the graphic was the same, too. 
they look pretty similar. Yeah. Um, Bonafide superstar, like comes in there, yeets Naya and calls it a day. I was like, this, this, this is how you get someone over. That's not a shot at anyone. I'm just saying this is how you get someone over. I want everyone to, you know, I, I understand. I came on this show once upon a time talking about Jade. It was like, oh, you mishandled it. That's not what I'm saying here. But this is how you debut someone the right way. It was worth waiting on her because I think she kind of fell out of sight, out of mind type thing. And once she came back, uh, she delivered. Um, I think Bailey was the right choice. You know, Bailey has been someone that's been there for years and loyal and put in the work and obviously carried them through the toughest time they ever will have, which was the COVID era. Um, and yeah, she's the, she's the right choice. Oh, and uh, Tiffany Stratton was in the final five. I'll take that. Uh, I will take that because Tiffany Stratton rocks. She is the future of this industry, this company, all that good stuff. She did a real, she had a really good showing. Um, I just remember the end and the beginning. I thought Jordan Grace looked awesome, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> she did look awesome. She freaking crushed people. I was like, the, there was a moment that I really loved that was really like they were they were meant to showcase like, like oh yeah, we have people on the same level of Jordan Grace, but yeah. it was like Jordan made sure to get that little edge in there. Yeah. The, the stalling suplex spot with Ivy Nile. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And it was like you can actively see Ivy Nile start struggling after a little bit. Yeah. And then Jordan Grace basically is calling the spot here. And then Jordan Grace puts down one arm and then looks at Ivy and be like, all right, you ready? And Ivy's like, yeah, I'm ready. And she's like, all right, here we go. And then they do the spot. And it's like, it's just a tiny little bit here of like, WWE being like, oh yeah, we're the same person. And Jordan Grace, it's like, no, no, no. Jordan is still a behemoth. Didn't struggle one bit and just had it one arm. Jordan Jordan Grace is awesome. Uh, And her elimination where, Bianca did the freaking KOD tour on the apron. That was nasty. I, I like watched that. I was like, that's way more respectful of a, of yeah. a elimination. Eliminated by a top star, by a finisher on a ring apron. I was like, that's a yeah. legit way to go. Yeah, that was probably the best way someone got eliminated like the entire night. <laughs> that might be I, I honestly that might be true. That might be yeah. true. Um, I thought I thought I just thought like if you're if you watch a rumble. You want to check off a few things. You want surprises. You want a little bit of excitement. And you just kind of, you want a right winner. And for me, it got all the three things. Like, I, the wrestling was sloppy in the middle. Like, the, and the middle of the Royal Rumbles are so brutal. <laughs> like, yeah. if, especially if, like, you're pouring out, like, people that no one care about, which yeah. both Rumbles had. Uh, this one had a lot more, but this one had also a lot more surprises. So the men's one at least had Cody at fifteen. That was like a right. good, like all right, right. good spot. Yeah, there. everyone like cares about the beginning and middle when it comes to like the entrance. It's like we, the beginning and end. I mean, so it's like in the middle where it's like, mm-hmm. can you give me something? Yeah. Oh, I, I, was, I was I was standing there. I was watching. I was watching the show as it unfolded with some friends, and I was just like sitting there, like, all right. Come on, give me a star. <laughs> give, me, give, give me a star. Give me some recognizable music. Give me a pop. Yeah. Anything. That was, that's also the problem. So much of the music now is like I don't know. No, any <laughs> of this music. There's a video of a Seth Rollins in the Men's Royal Rumble watching it, and it goes five, four, three, two, one, and he's pointing, looking, and then the music starts, and he kind of and he kind of sits there like, huh. 
And then and then he sees them, and you can see him actively seeing the name and be like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I'm happy yeah. we're not alone. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from the from the women's, the men's as well, but especially the women's, is how shitty the WWE music is nowadays. Yeah. Because it, now every entrant feels like it feels like no one's over now by the way yeah. uh again that's why jades was so perfect because they had the storm thing and it was like oh i know who this is <laughs> yeah it's like everyone is just very generic and very similar yeah. um and i think the the only ones that people really recognized were jade weirdly enough um uh, uh bianca belair becky lynch got big pops and all this stuff but so many people stars. like the music play yes yeah, stars uh stars we should say so many people their music played and it was just like nothing happened oh Liv morgan got a pretty decent reaction and she but she was also a surprise return so i'm not gonna blame yeah. that uh but tegan knox someone that i was just like who uh come out getting kicked out in a minute like what are we doing <laughs> when, when i was saying my star bit i was like all right here here we go some stars here we go 16 let's see who the next star is Zia Lee. i was like oh never mind yeah, I mean, here here's the thing with like Royal Rumbles. I think we all kind of like, oh, we want all these stars and surprises. I mean, they gotta put the roster in this, right? Like, they can't just keep them all out. I well, I think, but I think that's a great point. Is that like, I think not only does the music suck and it's like so unrecognizable who anyone is, and you're just sitting yeah. there waiting for the, like you can he- actively see the crowd counting down and then pausing to see who it is because yeah. they don't recognize the music. Um, like Katana Chance and Kevin Carter, when it was like five, four, three, I was like, I don't know who that is. Um, right. yeah, I saw a double countdown. I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Um, a thing that uh I think is very prevalent to me is like this, especially the women's Royal Rumble and partly the men's as well. But especially the women's, it felt very much like I was watching Triple H's Infinity Gauntlet, where it's just like a bunch of people <laughs> that yeah. like are not any yeah. sort of metric you know yeah big problem for the um women's side of things is that they they don't have enough stars built up i'm not even gonna say like they don't have enough stars because like i think ivy nile could be great like i think she just had i think she's cool uh tiffany stratton's in nxt but like mm-hmm. if that's one of the people i'm getting excited for it's like Sure. This yeah. is your fault. This is your fault, not mine. Um, yeah. and then you have like the Rhea Ripley's and EOs that aren't in the match. So it's like, okay, you're really dwindling the stars down here. I I'm okay. Like I saw some people complain about this, and maybe this is just me. I'm perfectly fine with legends not being in these. Me too. Me too. Like I I rather the younger talent. Like I all when NXT was at, at its hottest, I always preferred when NXT was involved rather than legends. But, if you yeah. get like one legend, sure, but yeah. I don't need the entire uh, Divas division of 2006 coming in. That I think that's fair, and I agree with you completely. That, that's not a shot either. That's just like I I prefer the Tiffany Strattons and Roxanne Perez is getting their shots because Tiffany Stratton did great. Um, mm-hmm. I think Roxanne got thrown out by Tiffany Stratton. So yes, she did. ah ah. Jade was great. Jade was a surprise. And Naomi at the beginning. And yep. they, they played up the TNA knockouts title stuff on there, which I thought I was, was trying cool. to react, trying to look at that. Like, do you think people have any idea what this is? <laughs> Naomi it and Jordan TNA Grace having a rivalry. What's that? Oh, well, that no. I said TNA at least helps now. Like, if it was impact, they'd be like, huh? 
<laughs> There's TNA names like, oh, I know what that is. Uh, she was great. Jordan did great. Like Jordan was Jordan was the star of the match until Jade came in. Yeah. Like in terms of that. like moments and stuff. And then Jade absolutely ran over that, but that's okay. And even then, like Becky came in before Jade, but it's like Becky came in, nice little pop. And Bianca Blair came in as well, big, big pop, but it didn't feel like they were. Jordan Grace felt like a person that was involved a lot yeah. more. And I, she's and I, awesome. I, yeah, she's awesome. And I think that's also a frustration about just like the Royal Rumbles in general is that it's extremely easy to just be a background actor versus a player. You know what I mean? Uh, there's so many people that are just like selling or like fake fighting, punching each other in the corner that it's super easy to become a background actor instead of actively doing stuff. Um, and I really felt it here. I wasn't too into this Royal Rumble, I should say. Um, I didn't quite enjoy it, uh, but I just thought it was kind of boring. And like I said, I, I was more uh, affected by the law than anything else. Um, but I get it. it. I think it's just to me, it's like it showcases like I, I think the women's roster is more paper thin than people realize like they have a lot of people, but it's just a lot of people that are just kind of there. I mean, they don't look at these names. Like so many people are like not relevant (laughs) at all. Right. Uh, And it's frustrating to see that. And it could be, they could, they they could easily have a better women's roster. It's just, it feels like they're, they do stuff with them, but no one's over at all. Um, And I also think that's a good part about the Royal Rumble is you get a good sense of who's over truly and who's over and who's not over. Anyways. I mean, notably, um, none of uh, none of this show was outside of like moments was overly exciting. Um, no, no, this is a this is not an exciting show. It, it was a slog to get through, but mm-hmm. um, in the moment, I enjoyed the rumble at the beginning and especially the end because the end I thought had the right people in there too, which is always important. Like they had a good final six or so. Yeah. And I thought that was better executed than say the end of the men's. So I agree. Um, in terms of predictions, we want to do this. Me now? saying I, by the way, me saying I liked it. Uh, I didn't, it's not like I uh, was giving this like four stars or anything. <laughs> so don't worry about that. I just was entertained by the end. That's um, fair. That's which fair. is again, when I watch a Royal rumble, that's all I'm hoping for. And the middle was so bad. <laughs> um do we want to do the prediction let's take our predictions for the total end so we get the idea we hold that for a little bit um let's move on to the four-way that took place next where reigns of course defending his undisputed WWE universal title against aj styles la knight and randy orton who gives a shit bro like <laughs> holy shit who cares i'm sitting there i'm like this can end any time this took up maybe an hour of time and i didn't give a single shit for any of it <laughs> no. i was just gonna watch you again i was like stuff's happening i can't i can't knock them for so stuff slow. happening yeah it, it despite four people living in there it was still slow i mean to be fair i didn't expect it to be great or anything because like i i watched the entrances i was like none of these guys were like great <laughs> you know it's like Roman ain't turning on for this match. Yeah. Um, Randy's like, Randy was my only hope, which is not great. Um, Not great because, you know, he's there to do the big spots, which is pretty much what he did. Um, But, yeah, this was uh, my least favorite match on a show that had a lot of bad matches. 
<laughs> like this just stunk. It was it so just, boring. It was boring. Nothing really. I'm happened. also sitting there. I just want everyone to know. This. I'm sitting there. I'm just like, oh my god, I have to fucking deal with Roman longer because the Rock's gonna ruin everything. I'm just, I'm just sitting there angry because I'm like, this is so stupid. This guy's <laughs> gonna have this title even longer. I don't even care that much about WWE, but I'm so angry. <laughs> it, it, yeah, these title matches of the Rumble are like really like pointless because it's just like, well, I know. I mean, I already. It's like. At a certain point, you get like locked in of like, I already know Roman's going to retain the title. It doesn't matter. It's going to be Cody. It's going to be The Rock. It's going to be somebody. But we it's, all knew what was happening. It's not going to be Cody versus LA Knight. Let's be realistic here, folks. Well, that too. That too. But I'm just, I was sitting there like, oh, this, none of this matters. It's not going to matter for another freaking year, probably. Um, but it's okay. It's okay in the end of the show. Not now. This was terrible. Yeah, this was this was just like we gotta get through this to get this to the was end. a basic this was as basic of a fatal four way as you could have got and the solo Sokoa pulling out <laughs> the rap. I, like, I was like, dude, you didn't have to do that for this match. No <laughs> one actually believed they were winning. Who gives a shit? It's also like <laughs> it's a four way, so in WWE it's a no disqualification match. Yeah, so it's like why take think it's in all matches, by the way. What's that? Is a four-way in like AEW not? No, no I think it's also no disqualification. I think the idea was that like they used to not be no disqualification back like in the 80s or 90s or something like that. And then okay. it sort of changed at a certain point. I think WWE is the reason for that change. It's all so but yeah, it's just it's just sort of like Solo Sokoa, I don't know why you got to come out there in secret. You could have just come Solo out and beat the people. Ba- by the way, per ESPN, the 25th best wrestler in the world today. <laughs> what has he done? Run <laughs> behind John Moxley. He's he's behind. One behind. One. So John Moxley's, Moxley's 24. 24. Yeah, best wrestler in the world. That's so hard to hear. Sosako <laughs> is really bad. He's what has he done? Nothing. He has boring ass matches. I mean, I guess he beat John Cena. I guess that's something. But we're we're gonna reach a point where this conversation's as long as the match. I don't want to do that. That's fair. Um, Logan Paul, Kevin Owens. I'll be honest. I did not watch. Was following with Twitter as I was watching the show. Um, On I saw afterwards that people were against this match. I kind of was okay with this match. I was I, I was Kevin Owens kicked Logan Paul's ass. I thought he did as well. I thought it was good hard hitting. I thought Logan Paul did he they're making Logan Paul more of a chain wrestler, and I don't necessarily think he needs to be that. I would love to just see him still be the athletic guy. Um, but I get in terms of the limb selling aspect of this match why they had to do that. Yeah. Uh, I was extremely frustrated by being like Cordy Graves active heel commentary which i understand of just being like this move the octopus hole made famous by antonio noki made famouser by logan paul it's like shut up <laughs> the nerd the nerd historian in me is like shut up <laughs> um, um but I, the finish itself the finish itself being like you know he's going for the brass knuckles which yeah. is a spot i assumed that that was going to be the finish already um going into it um and then reverting it having kevin hit him with it and doing the fake out of the referee seeing at the last minute and disqualification, I thought that was effectively well done. Um, and it set up 
And I was like, oh, I'm okay with it. And as long as this sets up to some sort of like street fight or no DQ match at yeah. WrestleMania, which I presume is what's going to happen, or, then, I'm, then I'm even more okay with it. Could be in Perth too, because Paul is announced for that. It, you're right. It is. It, it could also be an elimination chamber. Uh, and yeah, at, at that point, I would. I'm okay with it. I assume yeah. that this is leading to something else, and no, just no DQ thing. And I was like, oh, that worked effectively. I was. I expected one thing. We got the comeuppance, and then the comeuppance immediately rug pulled out. And I was like, oh, that worked. I think that was, it was well. The best fasted. wrestling match of the night. Oh, I agree. It was my highest rated match of the night. If you can believe it. I can believe it. Again, Royal Rumbles don't get high ratings. So no, 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 no. Um, unless they like, unless Ric Flair's in it for uh, 1993 in the 90s or whatever. 93 is it 93? Two. Uh, 92. 92. Yeah, but I was okay with this match. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I think it went like three and a quarter ultimately, but uh, it was pretty good. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts about this match, Scotty? Uh, no. All right, let's move on to the men's Royal Rumble. Of course, this was uh, 30 men vying for the World Championship match at WrestleMania. Uh, Cody Rhodes ultimately gets the win uh, against uh, uh, all these people. CM Punk was number second to last. Uh, 27th. 27th. Uh, so eat your heart out, CM Punk. Um, we saw some surprises from Pat McAfee coming in, eliminating himself in 38 seconds. Uh, Andrade returned. We saw some NXT people and Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker. Come to find out, Braun Breaker was in the Brock Lesnar spot. Uh, Braun Breaker, Breaker, folks, mm-hmm. looked like a million bucks in here. And I was, I was talking, I was talking Braun Breaker up to Ryan earlier this week. Um, I don't remember why, but I was. I believe you're talking and... about strength and intensity. No, speed and intensity. Sorry. Well, originally that was not why, but it ended up being that's the reason. Um, I think he is so good, and then he speared everyone into oblivion on this show. He, like, destroyed uh, Ivar, or whatever the guy's name is, on that uh, springboard, and I was like, yeah! Yeah! Like, I thought he was the best part of the whole match until uh, the winner. Um and, you know, learning he was in the Brock spot made all the more sense. I just figured they put Matt McAfee in for him. <laughs> like, I, not the spot, but just like, all right, we need another name in there. Can you can you just can you just go in? Yeah. Uh, but this is a case of someone benefiting from someone being removed from a match. And yeah. Braun Breaker was that one. I thought Braun Breaker had the best showing he could have possibly had without winning. And um, it sounds like he's going to get called up uh, based off what he was saying after the show. And I think it's the right choice. I, he, he is a freak. And they had I'm him not, eliminate almost by the way, too, by himself. Yeah. They, they gave him all the big spots possible. They gave him what would have been Brock spots mm-hmm. in terms of like, he eliminated like five people in like five minutes. Yes, I don't know. Let's see. He eliminated Finn Balor. He eliminated uh, Ivar. He eliminated Omos. He eliminated somebody else because he got four. Excuse me. He got four eliminations. He eliminated Jimmy Uso. Um, so four eliminations from him. And in in five minutes and 19 seconds. Yeah, the absolute beast run. Um, I'm very excited to see what he does because I do think he's um, 
as I said to Ryan, he's I think he's the if he was in any other company, he would be beloved. I think that's fair. Um, so we started off, by the way, with Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso as number one and number two. Um, what I found very fascinating about that is I think people forget this was the only time televised where these two guys face each other in a ring post breakup. Uh, they broke up. They never wrestled. Jay Uso wrestled Roman Reigns, lost, went to Raw, and then that was it. Uh, they've never faced each other since they broke up as a tag team. So that was this moment. Um, it was fine. But I think ultimately what it served to do, Scotty, um, is that it provided a way for us to figure out who in the roster is either pro-yeet or anti-yeet. Right, because the people that went out and attacked Jay Uso first, they're anti Yeet. Yes, they're anti Yeet. The people that went out and attacked Jimmy, they're pro Yeet, or vice versa. If they went out and worked like Grayson Waller worked with Jimmy Uso, said he was no Yeet, uh, and then beat up Jay Uso, then guess what? We now know that Grayson Waller is no Yeet. So here we go. I have a list here in front of me of every wrestler that competed in the Royal Rumble and whether or not they're Team Yeet or Team No Yeet. Uh, are you ready to, ready to walk through the Yeet No Yeet Alliance, Scotty? Go fuck yourself. Um, don't appreciate the response, but I'm going to continue as, anyways and persevere because this is a great bit that I had prepared, uh, and the no but isn't appreciated, but I don't care. I'm going to continue my bit. Jey Uso, of course, Team Yeet. We knew. Surprisingly, Shinsuke Nakamura, Team Yeet. What? Carmelo Hayes is Team Yeet. What? Santos Escobar, Team Yeet, if you can what? believe it. Bobby Lashley is also Team Yeet. So many heels as part of Team Yeet. Bobby Lashley's not a heel. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's not a heel. I forgot to, I forgot that he was originally supposed to be a heel, and then they were too liked. <laughs> and then and they they were like, you know what? You have to go wrestle Karrion Cross. <laughs> That's what you get for not be getting over as a heel. Uh, Cody Rhodes, unsurprisingly, Team Yeet. Uh, Kofi Kingston, Team Yeet as well, and Braun Breaker, obviously Team Yeet. He eliminates Jimmy Uso, so he is, he is ultimately the most Yeet of them all. Uh, no Yeet, very easy. There are a lot of no Yeeters, because at a certain point, Jimmy Uso is eliminated. The only person you can fight is Jey Uso, so a lot of no Yeeters. We got Jimmy Uso, Grayson Waller, Andrade, Karrion Cross, Dominic Mysterio, Ludwig Kaiser, Finn Balor, Bronson Reed, Gunther. I know what you're saying. There was a moment where Gunther's chopping everybody. He chaps... He chops Yeet, and then he chops no Yeet. Oh, guess what? He eliminates Jey Uso eventually. So ultimately, Gunther is team no Yeet. Ivar, R-Truth, The Miz, Damian Priest, CM Punk, Drew McIntyre, all team no Yeet, if you can believe it. There are also several unknown people. If you can believe it, Scotty, there was seven people in this Royal Rumble match, and I watched, and I counted, seven people in this Royal Rumble match. Scotty is so into this bit. Seven people in this Royal Rumble match that that did not touch Yeet or no Yeet. That is Carlito, Austin Theory, almost Pat McAfee, obviously, J.D. McDonough, Ricochet, and Sami Zayn. Not a single one of the seven people touched Yeet or no Yeet at all. So we have to this moment, folks, unsure of whether or not they are Team Yeet or Team No Yeet. This is an important distinction, uh, and I'm I'm very interested to know moving forward of whether or not 
Carlito, Theory, almost McAfee, J.D. McDonough, Ricochet, and Sami Zayn can prove their yeet or no yeet alliance, especially Sami Zayn. We don't know where he falls on this. Interesting. I saw our live viewership cut in half while you did that. Um, I, I'm very happy that I told you that I had a fun bit prepared, and you dunked on it the entire time. The entire time. You said it was a fun bit. I did not have fun. Great. Glad to hear that. Uh, let's move on, then. <laughs> there was so much yeet. Not my fault there was so much yeet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you got me to laugh at I, I try to bring levity and fun to the show, and I get people may not like my comedy. People not may not like me as a viewer. People may like come to the show because they want to hear Scotty and not Ryan. But the things I do still bring me joy. And so I appreciate those that love what 30, I do. You just broke down 30 people. <laughs> and I listened to every single one. And I think my favorite part of the bit was you real like, oh, this was a heel, but they were yeet. Like that was that was that was that actually um oh man, that uh I forgot that you said you had a great bit, truthfully, and I did not expect it to be about the yeet, uh, <laughs> the yeet of the world, but uh, I never want to hear that word again. So thank you. Well, no worries. Let's move on to the predictions that we made. Of course, I don't think we, we talked about it last week about how the predictions are for one. Well, you, Cody Rhodes? Oh, yeah, we didn't talk we about Cody Rhodes, I guess. We didn't, we didn't talk, talk about, about the end. We, we got stuck eating! <laughs> uh, well, we talked, I did say that Cody Rhodes won, but we didn't talk about really about like the fallout, what this means for Bailey and Cody Rhodes moving forward. How so I guess we'll talk CM about Punk that looked? now. Oh. What, what's that? And I said how awful CM Punk looked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's talk about that. Those all those finishes. Uh, we'll start with Bailey. We'll start with the men since we're already talking about the men. He was so bad. Yeah, Punk. He was so bad. He was better than the Dominic Mysterio match, but you could see I didn't that see he that, is. Though. Oh, I did. <laughs> I thought you. Did. You watched that? Yeah, yeah. It was on YouTube. It's on YouTube somewhere. Oh, someone put up the fan cam. Yeah, yeah. Someone put up the fan cam. That's crazy. And you watched it? Of course. Uh, it was his first WWE match. I was going to watch That's it, fair. and it wasn't. That's and fair. guess what? It wasn't good. Do you uh, think he looked better in this? Yeah. Holy shit! That's bad. Well, he was at least against like a better wrestler than Cody Rhodes. Hey, ho, 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 ho. Oh, okay. That's no, fair. Um, but He's yeah. Gassed. Yeah. I, well, because I, I mean, the, when we did the preview and everything, I talked about how like I feel like CM Punk's going to be 30th because he can't, he's he gets gassed too easily. And having him come out on 27 is like not too bad, but he's still in here for 20. He was in here for 21 minutes and 45 seconds. There's a point also where, People are suspecting that he got an elbow injury because he, he goes off of a McIntyre move. I think it was like the fallaway slam or something like that. I don't know. Uh, and he lands on he lands on his elbow and immediately rolls away, touching his elbow. And then later in the match, you see him talking to the referee in the corner about something. And then even then in the post-match, when Cody's pointing at the WrestleMania sign, you get that other shot of of you know the over the shoulder shot of cm yeah. punk and what is he doing he's touching and rubbing his elbow so the current theory is that maybe on top of all of this cm punk might have gotten injured again um i i want to say 
that I was very happy that Cody won. Um, I was in actual shock when he won. One, because even if I thought he was facing Roman, I never thought he was winning back-to-back Rumbles. Two, I had given up on the thought that he was facing Roman because of Dwayne. And three, I like Cody. So I was I was in in a in a show where like I was, you know, whatever. I was very happy that Cody Rhodes won. It was a good, genuine shock. He eliminated Punk. I didn't really want Punk to win. Mm-hmm. Um and Cody, Cody emphatically did it. Like he was he pointed right at Rome and he's like, I'm coming for your ass, buddy. Like you're done. And I'm like, this is this is how you build that story. Yeah. Like, what an idea of staying to your guns. That's what they're doing. Yeah. That would never have happened three years ago. Um, well, let's talk about that. It's like, what does that mean? Does that mean officially it's Cody versus WrestleMania uh against Roman Reigns? Is the rock not in the equation at all? That's ah. that was my takeaway is the rock match is not happening. I'm happy you ask. Because Dave Meltzer talked about it on Ring uh Wrestling Observer Radio. Here we go. The great it Dave is Meltzer. Go- it is going to be Cody and Roman Reigns in a singles match. A Dwayne, I love that he calls him Dwayne. A Dwayne and Roman Reigns match, whenever it is, is still happening. I just mm-hmm. don't know where. So the chamber. The chamber or Saudi after. Oh, that's where the money is, baby. <laughs> Sure is. <laughs> and listen, listen. Mm. I'm not saying The Rock needs money because he doesn't. However, WWE likes money. When, uh, and they will pay extra. When is the next Saudi show? I tend to not care. Um, so I don't <laughs> know. That's not me May? being a jerk. I believe May uh, is when they typically is when they are. They you still do two a year. Uh, yes, they do two a year still. Yes. That's they true. did, yeah. It's typically well. One was in February. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at a thing. They've had November. They've had February. One has followed before. One ha- they had May, which was last year. Night of Champions. They had November again. Typically, it's November. There they have the one early in the year that was February Elimination Chamber. May uh, Night of Champions. Um, that's October in 2021. Uh, Super Showdown. What was the Fiend in February again in 2020? So I'm going to guess at this point it's post WrestleMania. It's probably May again, uh, which case it'll, that might I, I don't I don't think you're wrong. It, that could and that could easily be Cody wins a WrestleMania now, and then it's The Rock versus Roman head of table uh, is your main event. That could easily happen. Yeah, here here's the reality. which is better, which is honestly better, which is what they should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially because you know Roman wouldn't be champion anymore, and that's the most important thing to happen because I can't watch another Roman Reigns title match. I can't do it. I can't do it. Cody Rhodes title match. All right. I'm invested. Um, Cena did the last Saudi show. So in terms of like that being something that Hollywood stars are against, that is not a thing anymore. Um, You know, standards have went out the window. So just, you know, just expect. I, I think that makes the most sense for WWE because they're going to get more money for it. Sure. And, sure. you know, they clearly need it. Shut up. They have so much money. They don't need anything. And they clearly need to have some sort of big star for these Saudi shows. 
yeah. every single time. So it, the rock actually makes the most sense there. Everyone was thinking elimination chamber and first, uh, and then doing Cody. But I think you're right. I think it fully makes sense that it's, it's Cody at WrestleMania and then it's the, and then, then it's the rock and, and Saudi. I think that is actively what's going to happen. And I, I don't think it really matters if Roman's coming off a loss or not. No, I think it almost helps. Yeah. Uh, if Roman comes off a loss, because then you can have the conversation of, well, then is he truly worthy of being the head of the table anymore? And then it, it, yeah. it's like, it, then it actually becomes like, oh, we are questioning you as the head of the table or whatever. And then you can do the rock. And then it also, what's more interesting, I think, and maybe a reason why they can do Cody first is that also might lead to the rock winning. Also possible. And then that, possible. and then it grow more believable no at least. Or believable. Uh, and does that mean Roman is no longer the head of the table? What does that mean? I don't know. I think it's more fun that way. I mean, ultimately, I just want Cody to win the belt. I don't really care about the Roman Rock stuff um, as much as I would have last year when it made sense in Hollywood. But until Cody wins, I will not feel confident about anything. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's fully fair. Um so yeah, uh, and then we got Bailey winning the women's Royal Rumble. We didn't really talk about her too much, but her winning, I think we can all presume that is going to be her versus EO Sky. That was the presumption in our preview. Um be weird if it wasn't. It'd be weird if it wasn't. Uh so then it's just about the sort of I guess at this point, her I, I assume what's gonna happen is she's going to tease Rhea or something, and then it's gonna be a yeah. turn of the rest of damage control on her, and then it's gonna be her versus EO Sky. And who's uh, going to come back and save her? No one. <laughs> it really feels like it's going to be nobody <laughs> at this point. Money. I don't think there will be any money in uh, Bailey's bank. Uh, nice. Hey, hey, nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. Without my hard work a bit. Um, let's talk about the for, uh, predictions that we made. Um, we'll start off with the men's Royal Rumble. Of course, uh, the winner was Cody Rhodes. Neither of us got that right. I said McIntyre. You said CM Punk. Um, first in, I said Cody and Gunther as first and second. You said McIntyre Zane, of course, was Jay and Jimmy, which looking back on McIntyre it. McIntyre and Zane were the last two. What's that? McIntyre and Zane were the last two, which is kind of funny. That is true. You did another situation <laughs> like last year where you were right on the money in some ways, but still uh, but did it wrong. Um, so good on you. Um, longest in the Royal Rumble was in fact, I believe it was Jay Uso at 50 minutes and 55 seconds. Yes, it was Jay Uso 50 minutes and 55 seconds. We both said Cody, uh, he only got 43 minutes and 21 seconds. Uh, so shucks. Most eliminations. I said Bronson Reed. Oh, why? Shucks. Uh, and you said Drew McIntyre, and in fact, it was a tie between Cody Rhodes and Braun Breaker. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's a crazy one right there. Thirtieth, uh, I said CM Punk. You said Big E. Big E was all over Media Week, but didn't make a return here. Disappointment. I got there. my hopes up, and as I got told by others that listened to the show got their hopes up as well <laughs> it made because it made perfect sense and then and then he showed up at the media and it was like all right i think it's gonna be Big E, and then he didn't show up uh 30th so instead, quoted you was, on one of my shows this week what's that 
I'm just I sorry, I'm having a random point. Someone quoted you on a show we had this week, or I did this really? week. Yeah. And I don't know. Quoting how dumb I am or no, 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 no. They said that you made a good point. Oh, finally. Oh. Finally. My recognition. <laughs> I, don't remember, I, don't remember, I don't remember what it was about though. We talk about too Damn many it. things. So uh, Damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, we talk about so many things. I don't know how I'm gonna remember. That's fair. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 30th, of course, was Sami Zayn. So neither of us got that right. Final four. I believe the final four itself was Cody Rhodes, Punk, McIntyre, and I don't remember. Um, Priest? And Priest. Yes, you're right. And it was Priest as the final four. I said, uh, no. No, it no, no. It was Gunther. It was Gunther. Yes, it was Gunther. Uh, I said Rhodes, Punk, McIntyre, and Priest. So I got three of those right. Uh, and you said Punk, McIntyre, Rhodes, and Uso, which uh, which was Jay Uso. Uh, so you and I both got three points there. Uh, the only three points we got in our predictions. It's the mystery long numbers long. we got, you had 24. That was your random number. Number 24 was R-Truth. People Oof. over there, what's up? <laughs> That's a hot moment in the show, by the way, of R-Truth going for that hot tag. Uh, that really worked. That did really He's work. over. Um, and then number 27, uh, that was my random number, was CM Punk, which when he came out, I was like, whoo, there was a really good chance I got to get this one. Um, but I didn't. I got very close to the second last person eliminated. So in fact, going from the Men's Royal Rumble, you and I both get three points. Wow. Even Steven. stunk. Men's one didn't matter. <laughs> well, to be fair, I didn't think Cody was winning at all, so mm-hmm. uh, that also doesn't help. But I'm ha- I'm very happy he did that. Was that Cody was the best possible winner, unless the, like I don't know some random surprise came back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, or for uh, hey, what happened to the Sports Illustrated article? I thought Gunther was winning. What happened? What happened? With Gunther, uh, I guess Gunther Rollins could still happen. Uh, what do you um, think? Uh, I don't know who Gunther's facing. Uh, you know, it's funny because I convinced myself during the match that Cody was just going to face Gunther at WrestleMania because mm-hmm. they were they were just locked in the entire match, and then and Cody eliminated Gunther as well. Yeah, again. By the again. way, yeah, Gunther's just like Triple H's favorite human. Hey, he. I mean, he, I love him. <laughs> He's so he, good. Yeah, Gunther Rock. So, I mean, not a bad choice. Yeah. Um. So good on Gunther. Um. The women's Royal Rumble. Uh. The winner, of course, was Bailey. You guessed correctly. Uh. For Bailey to win the Royal Rumble, I said Becky Lynch. Um. Which was not correct. Not even in the final four. Becky Lynch. Shocking. Um, yeah, I was kind of shocked by that. She got eliminated weirdly early. Uh, Jade, she Maybe. got eliminated by. Give me one moment. Oh, I'm looking at the men's. So whoopsies. That <laughs> explains why I can't find her. She got eliminated. <laughs> by, she got eliminated by Naomi. That's crazy. I didn't even see Becky Lynch get eliminated. That's how random it was. She like just like fell out. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I was kind of disappointed. I said first, second in was Lynch and Stratus, Trish Stratus making a return. You said Bianca Belair and Kyrie Sane. In fact, it was Natalia and the returning Naomi. Nailed uh, it. Now we both nailed that. Uh, longest in the match, I said Becky Lynch, and you said Bianca Belair. 
In fact, the longest in the match was Bailey at one minute and three second and three three one hour. Sorry, one hour and three minutes and three seconds. New record for a women's Royal Rumble. Uh, the second longest, Naomi at one hour and two minutes and eighteen seconds. A minute off from Bailey. Uh, that's, that's how close. Crazy. That's how close it was there. Um, very shocked about that uh, turn of events, but none of us got the longest there. Most eliminations, I said Asuka, you said Nia Jax. It was, in fact, Asuka at eight eliminations. Second up was Bailey at seven. Asuka had eight eliminations? No, sorry. Nia Jax got eight oh, eliminations. I was like, how? Asuka was in there for like two seconds. Asuka was in there for 13 minutes and got one elimination. She eliminated. Uh, uh, she eliminated with the help of two other people, Candice LeRae. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> where am I? Where was I on Asuka here? I don't think Asuka I was supposed to get eliminated that early, to be fair. I wonder. I wondered as well. Because that spot was incredibly dumb of Kyrie Sane holding herself yeah, up. Yeah, like I don't and think then, Kyrie was supposed to fall. That's yeah, the and then getting eliminated, it was just sort of like, well, then what she was, was the point? trying to save herself, like yeah. legitimately, and she was like, "There's no way I'm getting back up." Yeah, it that very much fell apart, uh, and I don't know. It, maybe she would have been there. Maybe that would have helped the middle section better. I don't know. Um, uh, I would argue sure. that the good wrestler would have helped. <laughs> That's also hopefully. Fair. Hopefully, I don't know for sure. Thirtieth, uh, I said Bailey. You said Tiffany Stratton. I could not have been more wrong here. Oh, so close! You were at, Tiffany Stratton was twenty nine. In fact, thirty was Liv Morgan. Uh, uh, final four, I said Lynch, Stratton, Naomi, and Bailey. Uh, and oh, you said so close on Stratton. I know you said Lynch, Bailey, Belair, and Stratton. Final four, in fact, was Bailey, Belair, Stratton, and Liv Morgan. So that means total. I got Wait, two Jade points. was in the final four. What's that? Jade was in the final four. She was in the final six. No, because Jade got eliminated. Then Bailey pushed Liv right off and won. Uh, she got eliminated by Liv. Uh, it and then Bailey pushed Liv off and won. Oh, oh, I can I can put this in order. What am I doing? I've eliminated. Uh, you're right. She was in the final four. Uh, you're right. Uh, and according to, well, according to this, actually, according to the Royal Rumble Wikipedia page, they are saying Tiffany Stratton was eliminated after Bianca Belair. Oh. Basically, basically, they were eliminated at the exact same time. So we can decide that. But it would be, they're saying the final four on the Wikipedia page is Stratton, Jade, Liv, Morgan, and Bailey. That would mean oh. that I would get two points for Stratton and Bailey. And you would get uh, two points for Stratton and Bailey as well, because Bianca Belair did not make it. I, th- I think I thought Jade got eliminated before Bianca and Stratton, but uh, shout out Tiffy, you're right. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So that means um, let me adjust my numbers here. So that means I got two right, Stratton and Bailey in the final four. You got four right. Stratton and Bailey in the final four, along with Nia Jackson in most eliminations, and Bailey as the ultimate winner, which means with a total score of seven correct predictions versus my five correct predictions, that means Scotty, you are again this year's winner of the Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble Hard Times Predictions bet. I don't have a name. 
Yeah, we uh <clears throat> I remembered halfway through the week what usually happens when someone loses this and remembering what Ryan has had to do the past two years is always been a punishment. Uh mm-hmm. last year was a live stream of NWA. Yeah. Um hard times? Was it hard times? It was hard times three, yes. And the year before that was watching the five worst cage match matches he could find. Because you know, some of them are not easy to find. And uh we did not have one this year because I couldn't think of it. What a shame. Um I'm okay with it being hard times. I like the idea of that if you get it wrong, hard times befall the loser. Um, All right, so you're gonna watch WA again? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it's gonna not be a not gonna be for a while. The NWA Hard Times pay per view is not till March second, twenty twenty four. We got a little okay. bit of ways. Uh, but I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm okay watching hard times. I guess my favorite part about it is when you come on the show and you're like, it was not good. <laughs> yeah that's, that's you've never come fun. on this show this is when i learn about like mims and, and, <laughs> and this is when we get our yearly nwa update yeah like you tell me about all these people i'm like huh <laughs> i gotta come on to the show mark is there a show or... before that nwa has uh that's a great question let's let's look up the nwa website very important that we do, obviously. That's a very good question. Uh, March 2nd, hard times. The first thing on their thing when they're selling tickets for. Do you know? Is that, do they have a magazine? NWA official wrestling magazine? Oh, interesting. Um, Paranoia. That already happened. Yeah, that was their television taping, I believe. Excuse me. Did, um, did the one with uh, Mark Cardona happen already? I don't know what that means. Uh, the EC3 one? Yeah, yeah. I Maybe? I don't oh, know. Samheim. Salwin. Sal, Sal, Sahay. Okay, whatever. Yeah, it's uh, hard times in the next pay-per-view would look like March 2nd. Dothan, right. Alabama. Up, baby. Ooh, Alabama. I can, I can drive there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just live stream watching the whole show. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Mar- so March 2nd, NWA Hard Times. Uh, and I'm going to come on to the show on March 3rd, Scotty. Talk about NWA Hard Times. And then we're going to preview AEW Revolution. You all March- talking about hard times. <laughs> on March 3rd is AEW Revolution. So that's right, folks. So stay with me. Subscribe. Oh, it's on a Sunday? Yeah, it's on a Sunday. Um, I don't think the 4th is a holiday. Um, I don't think it is. Uh, I think that's just on a Sunday. I'm just double checking. Um, it's Benjamin Harris Day, so that's good. It's, it's the uh, Courageous Follower Day. Fun facts about Names Day. Um, oh, Holy Experiment go. Day. I don't know what Holy Experiment Day is, and I don't like that. International Game Master Day. Oh, that's fun. I, I am. I'm coming into that day if I remember. I won't with a fact about your name. Oh, please, please do. <laughs> I hope I remember. Ooh, National Snack Day. That's good. That's That'll be good. Oh, uh, man, we forgot to do the Slim Jim bit. Yeah, we have a Slim Jim bit. I'm glad to be we fair, they, To be fair, they, they went right back. So, Oh, it's yeah. also World Obesity Day, which is not surprising, seeing that it's also National Snack Day and National Pound Cake Day. National Pound Cake Day. 
can't believe that has a day. <laughs> not not a shock at all. Uh, and that's your March fourth facts for you folks. Um, anyways, anyway, uh, hard times. I'll watch it. I'll stream it. By the uh, way, I was letting you off the hook. <laughs> I was I like, uh, we didn't talk about it last week off camera, but hey, I appreciate I appreciate a fair player. But whenever I do lose this game, hopefully we'll forget then too. Because I will not be as good a fair of a player because I will be very the moment, the moment we get rid of the thing is when you finally lose. Can you imagine my NWA review? It's gonna you're gonna I well I really want you to lose because I your I know what your review is. Your review is gonna, it's gonna be bad and the whole thing was pointless and it was dumb. And that's it's that's pretty much your would be your review. But what I want to watch is your immediate reaction while watching it. That's what I oh, want to yeah. see. And I want to see a I man, would stream it. I want to see the man over the course of 30 matches lose his mind. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just th- I'm just thinking of like how much pain I would be in. And the funny part was I feel like Ryan would get stuck watching some of it because he'd be watching me react and he'd be like uh, I got I got to see him react to Mims versus uh, Chris Masters. I can't remember anyone else. <laughs> is Mims even a wrestler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mims All is. right, okay. I Who's the one that you love? Like Zdrudis Olgowskis or something? Who? <laughs> That's a basketball player. Uh, wait, wait, oh. I will get it. I will get it. No, this is important. This is important. I need to. I, I enjoy out. Mims. Uh, I don't necessarily love no, Mims, but no, he no. is. He is I, on the. T- he is probably on the Mount Rushmore of NWA roster members right now for me. I know. He's like, I, know I like him. Those. He's not an awful person as far as I know. It's not gag, Gags the Gimp. Gimp. Oh, fuck no. Um, it's not Gags the Gimp. Oh, they they have Jackson Drake. Hmm, Who? He was someone that I watched on uh, a Deadlock show once. Okay. It's fair to ask who. Um, He's Some not on the show. Some sort no. Of this guy's not on the show. Or I don't remember his name. Well, I can get, I can let you know. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. You can let me know. Thrillbilly Silas. Silas Mason. That's the one. That's, that's the, the one. one. That's, that's my favorite on the roster so far. So it'd be nice to get a little update from the Thrillbilly. Um, old Terry Gordy in the Iron Claw. NWA Paranoia. Are you looking up the card there? Did it not happen? No, it happened. It happened. It was a television taping. CW television taping. Apparently, it was bad. <laughs> Shocker. So many title matches. I thought it was a pay per view. That's fair. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, well, we're at the two or over the two hour mark, and we've only talked about some news items Vince and company and the Royal Rumble. The Federation. Uh, we also got some questions here that I want to address before we do anything else. Um, from Kevin, uh, apologies, Kevin Abreu? Brew? Apologies if I'm pronouncing your last name incorrectly, Kevin. Uh, Kervin, I, there's an R in there. My apologies again. I'm really bad. Uh, what next for Gunther at WrestleMania 40? I think it's a good question. Uh, I think Seth Rollins is not off the table. He obviously still needs a challenger. I've talked about before, however, that as Intercontinental Champion, I would prefer if he didn't have a challenger. Uh, or sorry, if he wasn't challenging Seth for the title, I would prefer for him to do something else. I've pitched before Jay Uso. Uh, as someone I would enjoy for him to wrestle. Uh, I think Jay Uso needs something right now other than Jim. Jim? 
Jimothy Uso. You j- oh. went over the Yeet versus No Yeet. In, in Sorry, the- I only know him as No Yeet. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Isn't he facing No Yeet? Isn't it going to be Yeet versus No Yeet at WrestleMania? It feels like it should be Yeet versus No Yeet at WrestleMania, <laughs> but I do also think that... Do you that- think it'll be a lumberjack match between the Yeet and No Yeet fellas? Ooh, and then we got the fat. You're welcome. You're welcome, WWE. Um, it could be. Looking, it certainly could be. Great ideas over here. No one's listening. I think it could be Yeet versus No Yeet, but honestly, I do think that Yeet needs something more than the arm waving entrance. Uh, and I think a, <laughs> I think him beating Gunther for the IC title would be that. I think here's he really my did. pitch. What's that? I have a few pitches for this. Um, I like your idea. I think I think main event Jey Uso should probably be the top option. Um, gotta call him main event Jey Uso or Yeet. No, don't just Jey Uso. I'm not. Come on, we're not disrespectful here. Um, Sami Zayn possibly who just came back. I think that's a possible one. That's true. Um, anyone want our truth? No. Okay, I tried. Um, uh, people over there, what's up? If you feel me, say, say what's, what's up. up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think. I mean, I don't think they're going back to Chad Gable. No, they completely shut the guy down. Now, Chad Gable, Otis, and Akira Tozawa, again, in our preview, were announced via the YouTube channel that they were in the Royal Rumble. Neither, All three of them were not in it. Hear me out here. Braun Breaker. Hmm. Braun Breaker's the last person to beat Gunther. Is that true? Yeah, he beat him in NXT for the NXT Championship when he was not ready to be beating Gunther. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't know. I, part of me feels like they're going to do him versus Omos. That's just because crazy. of based on elimination. I mean, I, yeah. I can see it happening. It's still crazy. I don't know. I. I mean, we talked about how before all the allegations came out that like Brock versus Gunther would have been a good match. And if they're replacing Brock with Braun in the Royal Rumble, then why not fully go all the way and replace him in a feud with uh, Gunther? Be all the way to put someone over. I agree. It would be a good way to do that. And I think Um, that would be your match of WrestleMania by the end of it. uh, I'm talking about intensity and speed, maybe. <laughs> that's true. That is, that I, is abso- I absolutely agree with you, though. Uh, this is a random conversation that me and Ryan had this week. I don't remember why. I don't, what, what did you watch that got us here about speed and intensity? Uh, it's just my common thing of like, that's what I like in wrestling. Oh, it was Osprey and Alexander, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 He was, I, I really liked the Josh Alexander Osprey match, but it was a thing of I wish Alexander wrestled more like that with more speed and intensity and kept up with yes. that pace. Because yes. I think like Osprey has foregone the flippy do stuff and replaced it with speed and intensity, uh, and you could see that in people like Takeshita. You can see that in Alexander when he turns it on. Otherwise, Alexander just slows down and does like limb work stuff. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 I don't, don't know why do that. You just ended me like that. <laughs> flippy do stuff just got I me. I really got uh, But yeah, we the reason yeah. So you brought that up, and then I watched Braun Breaker like spear someone on nxt or whatever he just axiom. destroyed like axiom yeah he destroyed the guy and i was like i'm pretty sure ryan would love Braun breaker and as you saw in the rumble the guy just runs at a million miles per hour and then destroys someone yeah he's very intense 
Um, so I think that match would, could be good on a WrestleMania card if you want to put someone over to beat him for the title. But I think main event Jey Uso makes a lot of sense as well. Maybe they could do that in Perth. Maybe. And then Maybe. Gunther I, can have just a big singles. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, what I would do is I would do Braun versus Gunther at Perk first. Perth first. Uh, and then do Jay Because I just think Jey Uso... I would ra- if if I was a booker, I would rather make sure my current stars are are over versus elevating a new star. Um, I mean, elevating new stars is obviously always a great idea, but I think Jay Uso just he's he's been on he's been stalling basically since he moved to Raw and won the tag titles, and since then he hasn't done anything. So I think an IC title win is exactly what he could do. And then him having the IC title while Cody has the world title is a nice little, you know, nice little bit there. Um, so that's that's my thought on the whole matter. Um, should we just go to 2.30, uh, do another extra 20 minutes and kick off uh, All Japan and uh, Stardom? Or do you want to save him for is like... Is that what the people want? Yes? All right, cool. Hold on. Uh, can you ask that a question? Can you ask that again? Is that what the people want? Yeah! Nice. Money. <laughs> Let's talk about the All Japan show that happened uh, same day uh, in Japan, of course. Um, uh, 1,588, uh, another good attendance number for All Japan this year. Um, they've Every show they've done is over 1,000 people. So really good show for All Japan. So really good, strong start for All Japan, attendance-wise, despite all of their issues behind the scenes, seemingly. Um uh, I watch the top four matches. I don't know how much you watch. Did you just watch the title matches or did you watch any more beyond that? I watch, uh, yeah, I think it was just the uh, title matches. I watched four matches. Oh, I watched Takeshita too. Yeah, that, that's where I watched as well. Uh, so yeah, we'll start there then. Uh, we got the Aoagis, Yuma and Atsuke Aoagi uh, defeated the DDT team uh, of Kanosuke Takeshita and Hideki Okatani. Of course, this is billed as All Japan versus DDT. What did you think about this spot um, for these four guys? I need Kanosuke Takeshita to leave AEW and DDT and wrestle in all the other Japanese promotions. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh, I, came, I, I came with a packed, packed <laughs> take there. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Hold on. I need to calm down. I'm getting the bases. <laughs> I, I think he's so good. And I'm watching him in Yuma here, and I'm like, he he's not he's not wrestling in the right places right now. Um, AEW doesn't use him enough, in my opinion, or correctly, they just gave him a win over Kenny, and then he did nothing, which still, and now he has to fight Christ, Chris Jericho soon. He loses to Chris Jericho, so help me. Um, I don't think he is. I think Kyle Fletcher's getting fed to him instead first. Um, Chris Jericho, that is. Good. Um, well, not good. I like Kyle Fletcher, but it's, it's not good. No, it's definitely not good. Uh, and I watched him here, and I think he's, unless he's wrestling like serious matches in DDT, I think he's kind of past that. I'm just like watching this. It's like, what if there was a world where this guy wanted to go back to Japan mm-hmm. and he was a free agent? And like a new Japan saw their chance to get their new top star. Yeah. Right. He's so good. He's awesome. I love watching Takeshita wrestle. He's so, 
he is so in control and anytime i get to watch him because it's not all that much i've realized over the past couple months i'm just always blown away by how like and he doesn't do like a lot of moves he just hits people hard and he's explosive speed and intensity um (laughs) i i I don't know i i I enjoyed this tag obviously there was a lot of good wrestling yeah it was good it was good uh, but I, I just that was my main takeaway watching this. I was like, oh man, imagine if he was like in all Japan and he was wrestling Kento. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, obviously, you don't really have a say in what he does in Japan side, but I would love for him to leave DDT and join all Japan because him versus Kento, him versus Nakajima. Um, probably he has to leave AW too. Sure, sure, sure. Well, uh, well, uh, let's let's not say. Let's say this is also part of some sort of AEW All Japan uh, crossover. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not I'm saying not that's an equation. <laughs> but it, it's Kento away next. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think they would rather. I think they'll probably sign Nakajima over they sign Kento, uh, admittedly. But I, I think that like All Japan would be a great spot for someone like Takeshita. Uh, in Japan, because just there's not much more he can do to DDT. Um, I think, as far as I understand, there's nothing more he can do in DDT. He won their top belt like four times, <laughs> exactly. So, a, a I don't know if it's a step up or a lateral move or what it is at this point, but moving over to all Japan and facing new guys, new I think not only new guys, but guys that are bedded, better suited for his sort of new heel heavyweight style. Yeah. Um, I think would be a really good move. New Japan would also be fun, uh, but New Japan has a lot of other young stars that I would like for them to push. Not another, let's not add another one to that pile. All Japan would really be a good fit, man. Um, yeah, he would be more of an immediate answer for. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this guy Takeshita, that you just named Takeshita. You know, he was wrestling about a hundred, hundred plus matches a year for four years straight, twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen. Then he goes basically, you know, 2020 is 90 matches. 2021 is 91 matches. 2022 is when he starts joining AEW. He wrestles 78. 20, in 2023, he wrestles 54 matches. This guy barely wrestles nowadays. Uh, and he should be wrestling more, uh, mm. even better. Uh, instead, we're just not really doing anything with him. And honestly, DDT isn't also really doing anything with him because, you know, they can't really do there can't really do anything he had 11 matches in ddt last year um yeah i think you're wrestling yuma aoyagi in ddt soon i think that is also correct which you know good i'm excited for that but if that if that means that we get a ddt versus all japan rivalry out of 2023 and it means we get Takeshita versus all japan wrestlers that way that's perfect that's what i want if we get Yuma Iwagi, we get Yuma Anzai, we get Kenta Miyahara, we get Nakajima, uh, that would be really good for Takeshita uh, moving forward. Uh, and I agree. It was a solid tag match right here. All Japan World Junior Heavyweight title, Dan Tamura defeats Koji Iwamoto. Uh, what did you think about this 16-minute bout? Uh, slow. But I thought, the, I thought the end was good, uh, but it was yeah. really slow. Yeah, I, I, uh, a classic Ryan uh, uh, complaint. Uh, a little too slow. Not uh, speed and intensity. Lack. Of, well, there was some intensity. Yeah, um, it was just not a lot of speed. Um, I've never watched Iwamoto, despite watching All Japan for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got something. 
Yeah, I'm unsure about Dean Tamora. Uh, I think he was good in the year-end show for All Japan, but I don't know if I was really into him here. So I'm, 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 I gotta see more of Dan Tamora to really get a vibe check on this. I think guy. he's facing Abe next. Which okay, would be good. That would be good because Abe's very good. Okay, okay. I'm, 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 I'm. I yeah, I gotta see more of Dan Tamora to really get Jun- Juniors. I don't know why Rising Hayato hasn't got this belt yet. Great question. He's he's <laughs> oh he's teaming up with Kento Miyahara, so maybe that's the idea is to get a little bit of that rub. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, All Japan World Tag Team Title Match: The Saito Brothers, of course, retain their titles against Yuma Anzai and Ryukyu Honda. Uh, Saito Brothers, just the scummiest dudes, looking dudes ever. They are. I wasn't too into this match. I liked their match of the year end show against each other better. Uh, that was sort of the theme here of the show, I guess. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was also very good. You know, I thought it was solid. Uh, I think the Saitos are fun. Uh, I, I think they're, I think it was also, again, a little too slow, but ultimately I, I enjoyed the Saitos and Yuman Zai did a solid part. And, you know, nothing was too exciting for me coming out of it, but it was like, eh, it was good. You know, what'd you think? I expect a lot more from it. Um, same. I think Honda and Anzai are excellent. Um, same. So I was a little let down, but it was still it was still a good tag match. Just nothing to write home about. Um, I think with the Say- Saito brothers, it's like very it's very interesting seeing their matches because like sometimes they do way better than I expect, mm-hmm. and uh, then. This was one of those times where I just think like the style of the match hurt it more than anything else. Had there been more pace to it, had there been more, I think they were just missing a lot. Not to keep saying speed and intensity, but I, I, I don't even think it felt like all that intense for a lot of it, which maybe was part of the problem. Uh, but they're gonna face Kento and Yuma next, which yes. is obviously the best possible matchup for them. So. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, well, um, <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go. That's Kento had a nothing match on this show. Kento has had mostly nothing matches since the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Last year, I have yet to watch a Kento match. This year or yeah, I, don't, I, I have I have not I haven't watched one. I was about to say, I assumed you watched the year end war. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did watch him in Nakajima. <laughs> Against my will, but I watched it. Um. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I I thought it was good. Uh, I will say this show is easy to watch. Mm-hmm. That's what I find with all Japan. It's very easy to watch. Like, yeah, <clears throat> I have no. I didn't walk away from any of the matches I watched saying, "Oh, that was bad." Or, yes. Oh, that was a waste of my time. It was just like, oh, I just would have liked more, but it was good. Yeah, it felt like a. You know, it's the classic comparison of where all Japan is right now, where it's like they're kind of an indie right now. Uh, it felt like a, me watching an indie show. I was like, oh, that was good. <laughs> you know, no complaints. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing really right home about, but you know, it was good. Um, Triple Crown title main event. Uh, Katsuko Hiko, Katsuhiko Nakajima defeats Jotaro Ashino. Uh, Ashino, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was the winner of the champion carnival last May. Uh, but wasn't he the guy that got injured in the finals yeah. or something? He got injured, never got his title match. So this is really his title match from that. And he came back in December and obviously never had his title match here. Uh, and yeah. he was able to finally have it. And what did you think about his uh, his title match that he was ultimately able to get finally? I thought it was really good. Um, I think 
obviously it didn't hit like levels of like Nakajima and Kento or anything. Um, but the, there's a difference between a slower match when it's the ones we were talking about and a slower match where it's Katsuhiko Nakajima because he's very deliberate and yes, very I'm just thinking the same thing. And he's always, always on. Yeah. Right. In his big matches, and he is just picking this guy apart. Yeah. And you're watching Ashino bounce back and fight back. And that's really what makes this match better than the rest for me. Um, he, because then when you get to the closing stretch and Ashino hits that nasty ass power bomb on yes. Nakajima, you're like, yeah, <laughs> like, that's what we worked for. Yeah. Um, and I love that he keeps making these guys tap out. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it because it's just not something he did. Usually he's knocking these guys out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought it was great that Sheena looked very good in defeat. And that's really what you want through this Nakajima reign is the challenger to look good in defeat until Kento gets back there. Um, but Nakajima's fit, I just want to say, before the match. <laughs> he's dressed like Rocky, but has the Enoki robe. I was like, what is happening? He's just, he, went, he just came back from shoveling snow in, <laughs> in northern Japan. Uh, yeah, this guy, this guy's still doing the Enoki gimmick of the white robe and the red outfit, and the red little uh, accent outfit, and then this time it's white gloves, <laughs> white robe, red knit wool hat. I was like, that's that's my that's my champion right there. That's the guy I love right there. He he is right now the best world champion in wrestling. Yeah, I agree. He is the most interesting. Um, pretty much everyone, every other world champion I even consider just hasn't had the belt as long. Mm-hmm. Um, so or, or is so utterly uninteresting that I or isn't good. Right, that's always <laughs> a reality here as well. Yeah. Um, so he's just doing great. And I know uh, he's causing a stir, one for good, for better, or for worse, but mm-hmm. keeps me interested. So it, it keeps you, it keeps us interested. And it's, you can make an argument, obviously working because yeah. the, their attendance has been consistently good uh, for mm-hmm. all Japan uh, for all month of January. Um, so that, I think, I think there's, they are doing better attendance number than Noah, I believe, is what the uh, numbers were. I don't have the actual numbers in front of me. The it looks like yet. the exits are done. The like exits? The, the people that were leaving. Um, yes. Seems like they've stalled that now. It's just all the older talent. Uh, still losing in Chicago is rough, but um, yeah. everyone else was like, oh, no, I lost Yoshitatsu. Oh, no. How can I live? Um, uh, but, yeah, it, it feels like, you know, this would be – they're obviously doing well tennis-wise, and there is, I think, American interest in what Nakajima is doing. So, obviously, something is working. Obviously, a lot of people are upset in the background, but seemingly that slowed down, and, you know, we're cooking with gas right now. If I'm all – well, maybe not gas. We're cooking with – Hmm, what's in between between gas and uh, gasoline and uh, just a normal heat? Um, oil, oil, sure. Yeah, we're cooking with oil. Uh, that works. Uh, yeah, I think uh, all Japan's uh, doing something right, at least in terms of drawing good crowds. So coal, coal, uh, Adam or otherwise. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, before we head out, let's talk about let's preview Stardom Supreme fight real quick. The show is happening uh next week, February 4th. Uh, because oh, it's happening, dear God, 
because it's happening next week, we I'm going to announce here as well that we're going to do a Ring Post Radio Nights next week uh, because uh, next week is a road to Corkin uh, Road to New Japan show, a Noah crossover, and a Stardom Supreme fight. Um, all shows that we plan on covering. I believe the Road to show is a no, the Okada Tanahashi match. Maybe February no. fourth. It's something. It is. Give me something. a second. Um, start the preview and I'll let you know. Well, perfect. Um, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about all that next week. Ring Post Radio Nights is what we're going to do. Don't know what the time, but, you know, seven or eight is what we typically Cork and Hall. Mm-hmm. February 4th. It has Hanari versus Gabe Kidd. Jeff Cobb versus Alex Coughlin. Callum Newman versus David Finley. What? Who's going to win that one? All right. And uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Match Francesco Kira and TJPW uh, TJPW Jesus I do that every time I read this guy's name. Uh, sorry, the Ass Wang uh, TJP versus Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors. Okay, so not as interesting of a lineup. Pretty forgettable show. Yeah. So, but you know, we will at least try to talk about some of it. Uh, at the very least, definitely talk about Stardom Supreme Fight and Noah Crossover. Uh, we could yeah, preview that as well, but I feel like. We got, we'll talk about Stardom. Um, so Stardom uh, has uh, nine matches announced for this show for next week. The world title match, of course, being a Micah versus Saya Kamatani. Uh, underneath that, you have for the Wonder of Stardom title match, you have Sayori Anu versus Starlight Kid, with Starlight Kid making very interesting comments regarding the Wonder of Stardom title. Uh, the high-speed title, Hazuki versus May Soraya. Uh, and then some various tag matches uh, on the underneath card. Uh as well um what do you have to say about stardom supreme fight next week scotty it is their first complete pay-per-view card in a very long time and it is there it is with emphasis a way to kick off this year um they've had a really good january in terms of the um the new year shows and just working with their anniversary and all these different title matches on house shows. And this feels like the ultimate we're back type show. Uh, it should be very good. It should be well worth everybody's time. Uh, the roster is pretty much back outside of a few people, Natsupoi and Koguma and Momokogo and I. Soccer are still all hurt, but everyone else will be back because Tam makes her grand return here. So I know a lot of people will be excited about that. It should be a very good show, and I'm looking forward to it. And I look forward to talking about it next week when I am not um, deathly exhausted because Ryan saved me from having to watch that live and then record very soon after. And this way, it gives me time to watch the Noah show too, which obviously. With our our king challenging for the belt, we we, we have to. Mm-hmm. I circle that one on the uh, card there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tam Nakano making her uh, return from injury. She's teamed up with Yuna Mizumori uh, versus Mina Shirakawa and Wakasukiyama. Uh, so I'm fully expecting Tam to win there. Uh, are you expecting any title changes? I mean, I think the I don't think Saya Kamatani is winning. Uh, high speed, I got no clue. 
I would like to see Hazuki have a title. I think she had a really good year last year. I would like to have her some sort of singles title on her, but I don't know if that's the time yet. And the wonder I think is only is probably the more interesting one uh, in terms of a potential title change uh, with Starlight Kid. Yeah, yeah that's going to be interesting. Um, if uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Starlight Kid won, I would not be shocked. Uh, but her words about wanting to change the title definitely adds even more um intrigue to it uh it, it should be interesting what they ultimately decide on because i do think that i think that's the point of this show is they've had two challengers at the very start that could believably win for both top titles and mm-hmm. i have no idea right now if starlight kids winning or not I actually am like very 50 50. And I think that's very exciting for a first defense for Sayori. So we'll wait and see, but it should be a very good show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You've been full on the Natsu point change train. So it's just sort of like, well, maybe, I don't know. If if Starlight Starlight kid doesn't win, it will be Natsu point. That's kind of how I feel. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, we could also see the reality of Starlight winning in the Natsupoi, but that also would be a lot of title changes. So who knows? Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I think it's interesting. I don't think I think too many title changes would be one thing. So I don't necessarily think Starlight Kid's going to win. But it, hey, if, well, we talk about Starlight Kid's going to win some sort of upper singles title here at some yeah. point. So Sayori is also not part of Stardom, so. Also true. Like she's not signed to a deal, so that also adds some intrigue as well. Also true. I have to imagine that this is if this is a long title reign, maybe she will uh, be eventually signed or something. I don't know. Um, if this is part of a longer title reign. Um, but yeah, uh, Storm Supreme Fight, February 4th, next week, Osaka, Japan. Um, should be a good show, like Scotty said. Uh, I agree with everything that you sort of said there, Scotty. Uh, the top two, Starlight Kid, Sayori Anu, and Micah Sayakamitani. Very excited about those two matches. Um, but yeah, that is it for this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. We went super long for you uh, folks. We had a lot of heavy stuff at the top. Uh, we appreciate those that um, stuck with stuck with us, uh, support the show, um, support us uh, during those moments. Um, you know, it's uh, adult conversations need to have adult moments. So uh, I think uh, we definitely... Uh, tried our best to cover that. Um, we'll be back next week again for Ring Post Radio Nights. It'll be next week around 7 or 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, PM, obviously, I didn't say that, but obviously. Uh, and next week, we'll talk about uh, a bunch of stuff. We'll be talking about the Stardom Show, Stardom Supreme Fight, Noah Crossover, uh, Road to New Beginning, potentially. Uh, we'll probably actually preview New Beginning Osaka um next week as well that uh and i'm sure there'll be more fallout in the wwe uh in the coming week but we'll talk about everything that happens in the world of pro wrestling next week and more on ring post radio goodbye everybody Countout provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Countout Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, 
plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout. This has been a Countout Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.